The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal kaiju and tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Hello, listeners with attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. Nathan, before we get started, uh-huh. I have to ask a question. Okay. Are you on this podcast willing to issue an apology to Turbo? The movie or the show? All of it. It's all He's... one package. Not to the movie, but I will give a tiny, tiny apology to the show <laughs> oh, we were warned we were warned you are correct we were warned um we'll talk but, about it in our uh, in our opening thoughts for this but, episode but yeah right and and uh, and i wanted and i wanted to uh i wanted to i wanted to follow in the footsteps of our good friend polly annie danny and um and he's just getting more and more nicknames as we go isn't and it? uh and actually like try to like this show you wanted to be so nice to it i wanted to be i nice turned to against it. it pretty quickly I, I wanted, but you wanted to be so nice to it but which we'll talk about in we'll talk about in the opening thoughts we will i wanted to be nice to it i'm there are still parts of operation overdrive that i actually like there's i don't hate all of it um but just most of it well <laughs> <laughs> what re- what really sour what really started to sour me on this show is because I made the mistake of watching uh Go Go Bokinger at the same time. <laughs> and um we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But we actually do have a little bit of housekeeping to do first uh in the form of a new podcast review. Act well, new-ish because uh, we, we have a lot. <laughs> yeah, new-ish. This one's been around. This one's been around for uh maybe a month or so. Um this one came from a listener by the user that uses the uses the username 5JRA or 5JRA, 5JRA. Um I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, please um, let us know how to actually say your handle because right. we can't figure it out. It is it is a five-star review. The title of the review is just simply nice. And the review reads like this. Good job. For me, this is my favorite Ranger series. Now, let me preface this by saying before I continue, I believe this listener is talking about Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Um, so just keep that in mind. Anyway, uh, this is uh, my, me, fa- I'll double check the date. This was posted. See if we can, 
Good job, okay. Nathan. That's why I keep you around. Uh, for me, this is my favorite Ranger series. Mainly, I like the characters and Rangers. I like the dynamic. I like the dynamic between them. Them being extreme athletes competing against each other pretty much every episode and just growing that friendship more. Super fun season, wild villains, and super funny at times. Five stars. Well, thank you, 5JRA, 5JRA, 5JRA. We appreciate that review. And if you want to be awesome like this person and leave us a five-star review, we will read that on a future episode of the podcast. All right. So with our Ninja Storm episode published on June 7th, the review was left on June 16th. So makes sense. Yeah. So it's got to be it's got to be Ninja Storm. Actually, what gave it away was the extreme athletes. So that and wild villains and super funny, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because there is a lot of there was a lot of humor to be found in Ninja Storm. I think we 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 talked about that. It is a fantastic. It, it is very puntastic. It it breaks the fourth wall a lot. It is very. I feel like Ninja Storm is very self aware, and it's definitely a lighter in tone season than what we've gotten. Uh, uh, recently <laughs> anyway uh, and i too have some housekeeping i want to share uh, actually some listener feedback is what i should say because i as of this recording last week i was at g fest and a lot of people recognized me from the 97 podcast that i'm in <laughs> <laughs> including our friend Andrew Winja, who I nicknamed Winja the Ninja. That is now your name, sir. Put it on your driver's license. Tell everybody from now on that you are Winja the Ninja. So I met him at G-Fest last week, and he told me that, oh, my gosh, we were wrong. Oh, what were we wrong about this time? Apparently, uh, remember when we said in the Time Force episode that some episodes of the show, because that aired right around the time of the September 11th attacks, right. that they censored the episodes in the reruns and took out some of the building destruction? I assumed that that was just for those reruns and that since the episodes have been released onto DVD and on Netflix and all that, that they just restored it. Cause I didn't see anything in the Ranger wiki that indicated that it had not been restored. I right. was we wrong. Talked about that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was okay. wrong. We okay. were wrong. It, they have, they never put it back. He showed me a video that compared some of the scenes and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. And he told me, Mr. Winja, the ninja that he and a bunch of his friends are, a little team trying to restore the original version. So they, you know, put those little clips back in so that it's just like it was on initial broadcast. Oh, well that's I mean, I, I did not know that. I thought, yeah. for sure, I thought for sure, since, you know, it's, it went to a home video release that they would just restore the whole thing full cloth because I mean, let's face it. Like they don't have to really rely too much on the sensors, but that's, that's interesting and disappointing all at the same time, because I thought I was getting the fully unfiltered versions of time force. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was shocked to find out about that. And I said, well, why haven't they just done it themselves? And it says, and he told me apparently the actual original masters have been lost. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. 
Well, be. Okay. So they're working to find clips of, you know, basically, I think, video recordings that people had from the initial broadcast and try to put them back in. I would have thought that the easiest way to do it would have just been to grab the footage from Time Ranger, put it in there, and, yeah, you might have to do some goofiness with the sound mixing. You may, yeah, that's what I would assume. So if you could pinpoint the exact mo- if you could pinpoint those the, the exact moments that got censored out, because um, it is you, just Sentai footage. Yeah, you could just go back and get the Sentai footage. I mean, that's shouldn't yeah. be shouldn't be that hard. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I don't want to. No, I don't want to undermine it. I don't want to say it shouldn't be that hard because I'm sure it's incredibly hard to go and splice footage. Yeah, but, but hey, uh, Ninja the Ninja and his friends are doing all of us a solid by fixing it. So good on you, Winja the Ninja. I can't wait to see your work when you and your friends are finished. Oh, yeah, I really am looking forward to it. Uh, thank you for for telling us that. And uh, even though I couldn't be at G-Fest because, well. Are you still be. FOMOing? I'm still I'm still FOMOing. I'm sorry. I'm still I'm still a little bit bitter that you guys had such a great time and I wasn't able to be there. And hey, there was some Ranger representation there in the dealer hall. And I when I, when I was on a panel for podcasters and YouTubers, I asked, hey, who here is a Power Ranger fan? And I would say at least one quarter to one third of the crowd there raised their hands. Nice. I mean, uh, I'm really, I think we talked about it, but I'm really tempted to, um, you know, get a panel together, maybe do a live, maybe do a live <laughs> no, recording. Power trip, time. live recording at yeah, G-Fest. Like, yeah, maybe live from G-Fest. It's the power trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like that's what I'm kind of, that's what I'm kind of hoping we're able to do next year because, well, I don't want to miss out on G-Fest next year. Yes, quite. Yes, quite. <laughs> anyway, do we have any more housekeeping to do? I think that's everything. Unless that's you want everything. to read more reviews. <laughs> no, that's okay. We'll save. We have to. We have to keep. We have to save some material for later episodes. Nathan, come on. Um. Oh. Anyway, let's. Uh, let's. Apparently, we out well, the uh, new uh, the <laughs> for the upcoming episodes up to like season ten because apparently we have a friend who's like you could do this this and this and make the show go on forever. I'm like, we've been okay. having so, we've been having so much fun with our with our online fans, not just like, with with our with the people that we've met uh, over the last like several months because it's just funny. It's just, it just makes me smile or makes me laugh a little bit that. You know, we've only been doing this podcast for seven months. months. Seven, well, well, seven months, seven, yeah. seven months, a little, almost eight months, uh, because it's almost August. Jesus. Um, Woo. and, uh, yeah, we've already met so many wonderful people online that love power Rangers and love our stick, our stick <laughs> and our goofiness, uh, which I was, I was a little bit scared because I thought maybe we'd be a little bit too goofy for, uh, for the ranger fandom out there we're like the, we're like the power rangers at its best a bit goofy and entertaining but also very intelligent i mean it's better than being the bulk and skull of podcasting i guess yeah i don't know 
I don't know where that came from. I, I know some people. I heard stories about there being a bit of an outbreak of COVID from G Fest <laughs> attendees, but I'm pretty sure I didn't get it. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah. so I, I need to clear my. I need. To clear uh, my I think I've got a. I got a terror toad in the throat. So yeah. Just, oh <clears throat> boy, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, Nathan, uh, read the epic plot synopsis. Rich adventurer Andrew Hartford recovers the powerful MacGuffin, the Corona Aurora, unleashing a pair of evil warring brothers imprisoned by the Sentinel Knight on distant planets. They come seeking the artifact in order to rule the world, of course, prompting Mr. Hartford to recruit a team of fine young people, including his son, to become Power Rangers and find the jewels to the crown before it falls into evil hands. As Operation Overdrive accelerates, more villains join the search, an alien ally is made, and the audience is bored to tears. Before we dive into the, just the preliminary information, the you know, preliminary notes on this show, mm-hmm. I want us to talk a little bit about our experience watching this because this show, this show's reputation. I mean, that's kind of what this. It's kind of what this shtick is about. But do we have to? Yes. <laughs> I know. Last show's reputation preceded it. So I know. I, said, la- I know. Last week, I tried to summon alternate ver- alternate versions of ourselves <laughs> to uh, to yeah, record this show very us, well for you, which didn't work out very well. And I think that I should have at least tried to save what little bit of magic I had for this episode. I mean, that's what I told you when you were doing it. Well, magic this is true. Mike. You you warned. Ugh. <laughs> You warn, Mystic you Mike. warn, Mystic Mike. We gotta, we gotta stay away from copyright infringement. Um, but uh, okay, 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 okay. So I said, okay, if this show is as bad as people say it is, we're gonna suffer together. <laughs> so I was told we watched, we watched a couple, a handful of episodes together. We mm-hmm. watched the premiere, the crossover. Oh, the crossover. I have opinions. And then we watched the finale together and we actually weren't all that put off by the premiere. We're like, you know what? This is, you know, the premiere is actually pretty decent. The, the concept. Well, yeah, like we were very, and like we were very into the concept, the idea, because uh, we had never, neither one of us had, have seen operation overdrive. Again, this is another season. Like I talked about a mystic force. This is outside of my purview. Uh, like I'm, I'm experiencing all of this stuff for the first time, uh, from the perspective of just a long time, mighty Morphin fan. And we, like you said, Nathan, we were not put off by the premiere. The, the, the premiere actually starts pretty like the, sh- the season itself actually starts out pretty strong. I would yeah, say I'm pretty solid. I mean, it's still got problems. Yeah, it does. Premiere. But it, but for, but for a season premiere, it is a, it was a strong season premiere. Yeah. And it does. And it does establish some, we're not, it does set up some things. It does set up some ideas that could be really interesting. And then, <laughs> There was this slow descent into, into crap, <laughs> into madness. Yeah, with a few like very short-lived peaks, and then it goes right back down. Yeah, and then we watched, and then we watched once a ranger, and I think it broke you. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm I am fully aware. I am fully aware that there are that there are people out there that this could be their favorite season. 
Like I am full. I on, don't understand you. I'm. I am fully. <laughs> I am fully aware, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it. But why? <laughs> I mean, the suits are cool. I like oh, yeah, the suits. The suits like, yeah, the suits like, look good. The more I watch this, the more. We haven't given him a shout out for a while, so here you go. Our friend Carl Dutton, who runs Power Rangers the Audio Drama over at Scyther Audio Dramas. I feel uh, I feel like the way he talked about you know when he initially went and revisited Mighty Morphin, his description of Mighty Morphin I think fits here, which is that the best parts of the Japanese bits. Yeah, after watching Bokindra, I can definitely confirm. Yeah, yeah. Which that's the first note that we're gonna bring up here is that this is based on Gogo Sentai Bokenger, which roughly translated means Rumbling Squadron Adventure Ranger. Yeah, and anytime they use incredibly, the footage, incredibly catchy theme song. Incredibly. It is. Oh God, the theme song. Oh, the theme song's wonderful. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But uh, but here's the sad thing. You want to know how bad Operation Overdrive is? Even when it uses the Sentai footage, it screws up the Sentai footage. <laughs> whoa, 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 Nate. Which Come we'll on. talk about. We'll, 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 we'll talk we'll, about. I will, but, I, I will but allow. For, I, will I, allow. Turned, I turned against this show fairly quickly after the pilot. You wanted to stay nice to it until we watched Once a Rager. And that broke you. <laughs> I th- no, I... I don't want to say broke me, but it re but I turned against this show after once a ranger, uh, because this show hates its power Rangers. It, hates, it hates its own team. It hates its own team. It does. Which shout out to Chris cook from one cross radio. This is his absolute I, most hated power Ranger season for that, uh, for that reason, among others. And I'm like, no, there's no way. It's got, it can't be the worst. It's in the running. <laughs> I did not look when, when he told us this show hates its own Rangers. I'm like, no, you're being very, you're, you're I'm thinking you're being very hyperbolic right now. Like they have to at least be putting, putting forth some effort into making this team the best it could possibly be because no, no writing team is going to just blatantly just crap all over their own team. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. In fact, <laughs> uh, if you look up the once a ranger, do we want to bring it up now? <laughs> no, uh, we'll save that for well, later. But there's a, there's a there's a quotation from Jackie Marchant about once a ranger that yeah, kind of encapsulates the show's attitude toward its own team. Yeah, let let's save that and like let let's save that because even 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 Jackie Marchand couldn't save this show. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it's really, well, we'll get into it. It's There's really hard. Lot. It's really hard to encapsulate like how I feel about this show because I want, I, I went into it and Nathan and Nathan will, Nathan will keep me honest. I went into it wanting to like it, wanting to find something, something to enjoy. And there are small glimpses of promise which actually for me makes it worse because this is the way i described it to you it is no secret that i don't like turbo but here's the thing here's the thing one of the things that i think there's a couple of things that edges turbo out barely marginally better at least turbo 
started off terrible and then tried to course correct about in the back half of the season. This one starts off with promise and on rare moments lives up to that promise, but then squanders the promise for the vast majority of the season, which honestly I think makes it worse. I, we, we do have to mention that this is a milestone season for the franchise for both Sentai and for Power Rangers. It's the 30th anniversary for Super Sentai and it is the 15th anniversary for Power Rangers. So this is a milestone season and there are plenty of things on paper. And I would, I'm just going to prep I'm going to put, I'm going to put in, in, in uh, scare quotes on paper things in this show that should be really damn epic. I can think of one villain who comes and in, in once a ranger and is the son of two (laughs) other really great villains and on paper, and we'll get into more detail, but on paper that should be epic, but mm, that, that hurt me. So anyway, yeah, it's an anniversary season for both shows because the nice thing about this Nice happenstance here because they were able to follow this for a while because Power Rangers started with the 16th entry mm-hmm. in, was it 16th? Yeah. yeah it was I think, 16th. Ranger uh, Jew, Jew is Ranger the was 16th? the 16th. Uh, Jew, 16th. Jew Ranger was the 16th episode, uh, 16th yeah. installment of Sentai. Yeah. So uh, because of that, they each franchise has a milestone anniversary one year apart. Mm-hmm which makes it very easy to use an anniversary Sentai for an anniversary Power Rangers. Right. Now, Operation Overdrive, admittedly, is a decent title. I like the alliteration. I do. I love the and, alliteration. But, but that was, they had a couple of other working titles. It was at one point going to be called Drive Force. Oh, good Lord. I'm glad they didn't use that one. They were also going to call it Relic Hunters, which is not bad. No, that's not bad. Power Rangers Relic that's Hunters. Bad. That's not red. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, the logo, interestingly, in Operation Overdrive is very similar to the one in Sentai, but that might be because in true American superhero fashion, the logo is on their chests, so it's a little hard to get around that. Now, Jackie Marchand was quoted as saying when she pitched the show, it was Indiana Jones, a new exotic location every episode. And Disney responded very favorably. They like that. And then said, yeah, we like it, but we're giving you pennies to make it. Use as much stock footage as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and see, here's the, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. And we talked, and we talked about that other seasons like SPD, even Mystic Force and uh, Wild Force, like up to this point, it, we talked about how it has become incredibly hard to tell the difference between the Sentai footage and the actual American footage. And, and, and that actually a lot of times works in these series favor because it starts to blend those two worlds there. It's, it's almost like it's, it's almost like going back to the early days of mighty Morphin. You can tell what is Sentai footage and what is American footage because Mm -hmm. Sentai footage, because Sentai footage, this was the first, yeah, this was the first season of Super Sentai shot in in the 16 by 9 yep. aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. And that aspect ratio had not made it over fully to the States yet. It was, it was in mm-hmm. film, yes, but not on television. Television was still using the 4 by 3 aspect ratio. 
And it just makes because they just cropped makes, it. That's why I said this show is so terrible. Even the good Japanese bits, it ruins because it crops it horribly. I watched the first couple episodes of Bokenger. It looks movie quality good. Well, let me ask you this, and we don't have to spend a lot of time here because this is not this is not a we we've not dove into Super Sentai. That's next season. But your first impression of Bokenger's first couple of episodes. Oh, it's so in, much better in, in thirty seconds. It's so much better. It makes way more sense. The pacing is better. I liked the fact that it just starts off like a typical Japanese. In typical Japanese storytelling fashion, just throws you into the middle of what these characters normally do. And then in the next episode, it explains everything. Right. It was way more exciting. The character dynamics are so much better. Just everything is better. Everything is better. I, I, that's all I can say. Everything is better. The theme song's better. It's just everything. Just, yeah. Anyway, a few more quick factoids here. This was the last, uh, this is the first series not to air on ABC Family. Continuing the joke with Mr. Kalish, this season has three word titles. <sighs> okay. Uh, predictably, because this is not a popular season, no cast members ever return later. The only other season, and you know, that's kind of like light, well, Wild Force. None of them ever came back either. <sighs> and. Uh, you know how one of the big selling points of Power Rangers is that it's a monster of the week show? Yeah. Man, yeah, this why, one couldn't get I that one. It. Yeah, this couldn't get that right either. And I know, I know, Carl, I'm sure you're listening to this. Carl, you have found a way to make Power Rangers incredibly compelling without resorting to the whole monster of the week shtick. It's because. You, my friend, are able to write the characters in such a way that it, the stories can be carried without relying on that. This show really scales back on the monsters of the week, but it can't sustain itself without them. It doesn't have it doesn't have likable it doesn't have enough likable characters that drive the story along. Yeah, from in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So this season holds the record for the fewest monsters. It has 23. This is a 32 episode show, but 11 of them are reduced to minor roles. I noticed that very quickly. It's like the monsters just show up. They have no personality. They barely do anything. And some of them die inside of, I think, a minute. Yeah, we don't get a lot of we we don't get a lot of the we don't get a lot of the trope of with Power Rangers. There's usually a monster of the week that centers around a core plot line within that particular episode. Now there are there is a lot of that still here, but like you said, a lot of them are just monsters. They just show up, they fight the Rangers, they get big and they die. Sometimes like they don't even get big. Well, he hasn't been taking his Viagra, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're starting early because that's what the fans want they also they also dared us to do a five-hour episode no we're not doing a five-hour <laughs> no no we're not talking about no we're not talking about uh operation overdrive uh for five hours no thank you like maybe maybe i will consider it when we get to rpm because there's probably a there's a lot to chew on with rpm yeah but, uh, hardcore history of power rangers uh, okay 
uh, and then to cap it off, because this is going to lead in very nicely to our discussion, here is a quotation that I got from the Ranger Wiki. Quote, since its release, Power Rangers Operation Overdrive has received overwhelmingly negative reviews. I wonder why. Many have criticized the overall weak plot, plot holes slash threads, and very weak characters. The toy line, oh my gosh, you know that it's bad if even the product tie-ins can't save it. The toy line, which was the, ve- which was the first w- which involved Bandai of America using their own molds for the mecha as opposed to simply importing the Japanese counterparts, was also panned due to the obvious drop in quality with the Flashpoint Megazord never receiving a Western release, end quote. Winja the Ninja told me this, too. He also told me where I could get the figure of the Q-Rex as a T-Rex like I wanted. He said, just go get the Japanese version. Yeah, the, <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm sure like other toy collectors out there, please correct me if I'm wrong. There is a prototype of the Flashpoint Megazord out there. But it's one of those things like any toy line. It's it's like, um, I don't know. It's like, um, uh, oh, shoot. It's like, um, ah, daggone it. What is the name of that show? Oh, Dinosaurs. It's kind of like Dinosaurs. The show was kind of a flop here in the States. Kids liked it, but the show was kind of a flop. They made a bunch of toys, but no one wanted them because they didn't like the show. And now the toys are $800 for an eight inch vinyl figure of, uh, of a dinosaur character, but yeah. Funny how that works. It is. It's weird how that works anyway. Um, yeah. So operation overdrive, we were warned. I didn't want to believe you guys, but now I do. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's get started with that theme song. Rentmaster activated. Oh, he started early. Okay. He got worst theme. Ever. Oh, I hate this theme song. You sound like you, you sounded like Captain Underpants right there. Uh, uh, I was going for comic book guy, actually. Oh, comic book guy. That's right. <laughs> I, thought, I, said, I get comic book guy and Captain Underpants. Com- well, Captain Sweatpants. I should say Captain Sweatpants. Uh, I was like, Captain Underpants? What? <laughs> it's well, Captain Sweatpants is what I mean, because Captain Sweatpants is a character from uh, the Big Bang Theory. And you're going for comic book guy from the Simpsons. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Uh, just, you're going to hear that a lot today. People just strap in, <laughs> strap in. You're going to hear this a lot, but this is God. I hate this theme song. I went out of my way to skip it as much as possible. This is just, what is this? The rock, it's a rock rap hybrid, just like the Mystic Force theme, but the rock music is low energy, which you don't want for Power Rangers, and the rap is terrible. I admit, and just like I said in the in the Mystic Force episode, I am not the biggest connoisseur of rap music, but when but I can appreciate good examples of the genre. This is not a good example of the genre. It feels incredibly off-brand. For Power Rangers, and it just reeks of you know you know that meme. I don't remember. I don't know what it's from, but it's got the the clearly adult man trying to dress up like he's in high school, and he just walks around saying "Hello, fellow kids," because it's just it just reeks of adults trying to be cool. It's like oh, the kids they love the rap music, right? Let's put rapid Power Rangers. God, 
allow me to play allow me to play Moltor's advocate here just for a second. Um we did talk about we we have talked about on past episodes where the one thing that Power Rangers does consistently do is it gives its theme it, it allows the theme song or the theme songs for Power Rangers do give an individual season its own acoustic identity. And that's important because you don't want to, you don't want all your theme songs to sound exactly the same. Now this is, I feel like this is as much as I love Ron Wasserman, a lot of Ron Wasserman's themes all sound kind of the same. Uh, I will say that Operation Overdrive does have a very unique theme. I don't particularly like it. I mean, it's not my favorite. And I, and I told you, and I told you in, when we talked about the Mystic Force theme, I didn't like the Mystic Force theme either, but I was willing to go with it for Mystic Force. For Operation Overdrive, it is such a weird amalgamation between two different genres that a lot of that have been done well there there you cannot tell me that there you cannot tell me that disney could not have come up with a better theme song than oh they song. could have i really want to know if wasserman tried to submit some demos for this one because i would have taken them it's and it's and really the theme song is just false advertisement because it talks about operation overdrive being the number one team yeah no that's yeah not, yeah you know. no yeah you want to know how this goes here's uh here's how this song goes it's power rangers operation overdrive rapper 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 shut up wow like what did rap ever do to you i like hip. i like rap i like hip-hop i know i do too but this is a terrible example it's, that's true this is a terrible this is example. a terrible example and okay apparently i i see the artist here for this on the ranger wiki it was performed by the transcenders featuring 37 d star i have no idea who these people are they could have you know if fiverr was around at the time they could have just hired some kid on fiverr and they would probably have done would have done a oh excuse job. me it's j7 d star i read right. it wrong but like I said, if Fiverr was around at the time, they could have just hired a kid on Fiverr and he probably would have done a better job. And, and some of these lines, these rap lines, don't really make a whole lot of sense. What? There's just They were just desperate for rhymes. Watch well, five well, rangers well, reaching for the sky in five ways. What the heck? Five heroes walking through the sun for five days. What are you talking about? Pretty soon we're all going to be having a five way. <laughs> Operation Overdrive. <laughs> That's fueled by something else, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But the, the lyrics are terrible. Like yeah. the lyric, the lyrics make so sense. It just feels like, and like to, to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I mean, it, it just, it just feels like a show reaching for relevancy. Yeah, it does. I mean, at least it kind of explains the premise of the show. Eh. I mean, I'll give it some, I'll give it some kind marks there because we have talked about, we do, we do like it when we do like it when theme songs at least describe or, or set up the, the set up kind of the, the, the overall premise of a show that, that helps. Yeah. But it's just, oh, I, I hated listening to this. 
Anyway, Not let's move on from the theme song because it's, it's awful. So let, let's. Yeah. Oh, the Ragers. <laughs> Rentmaster activated. Oh my God. Really? Are we doing this? Are we going to be doing this every section that we no, talk about? No, uh, hopefully not. But I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the of this team. <laughs> not a big fan. You're going to exhaust that button. Dang on. I'm going to wear a hole in that button. Oh, uh, just wait till. Just wait till Mega Force. So, sure going to get so, tapped every five minutes. <laughs> so our Red Ranger, Mac oh, uh, Hartford, Hartford. Played, played by James uh, McLorkin. McGuffin? What? <laughs> played by James McLorkin. Larkin? I, I Larkin. McLorkin. Again, I want to preface this by saying, and I say this every time, we don't like these characters, but we have no... We're not putting any hate or whatever on the actors no they like they did their job it you was know, a it was a job i don't like it just like i said i don't like what's that kid's name i've i've blotted it out of my mind i'm remembering the actors and blake foster i don't have anything against blake foster but power kenny no <laughs> oh god i'm forgetting his name now too damn it uh justin justin justin, justin. i don't like justin but i have no ill will toward blake foster just right saying. No, it's oh. and honestly, it I I will I will never I will never I will never 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 hold these actors and actresses accountable for terrible seasons because again they were just doing a job they were doing their job and they mm-hmm. did their job to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Now I can talk about their characters and I can talk about their uh, delivery on those characters and critique that but you know what i don't have any ill will i don't i don't put, i don't hold any ill will to these actors and actresses for operation overdrive just because they were in a shitty season oh, 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 oh dragon fluted oh you dra- the first dragon flute of the episode <laughs> Woo. all right so spoiler warning macintosh <laughs> and I pointed that out to you last night. And I didn't ca- I didn't catch it. Now I will confess, I read the right the or depending on how you look at it, the wrong thing on Ranger Wiki that spoiled this. I'm like, really? And I was even on the phone with you when I did. It's like, oh, I just read a spoiler. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> then I told you when they I I saw the foreshadowings of it. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Oh, I see it. Telegraphing it hard. And then I warned you because I got a little bit ahead of you watching the show and i said this I, I episode didn't... you're gonna get a big revelation a battleizer and the power of friendship and <laughs> and all those and all and i'm I'm like i don't know what you're talking about and i I'm like <laughs> and even happened and even, you were texting me when it happened even after this big revelation <laughs> and we'll get to this revelation in a minute if you don't know what we're talking about even after this big revelation I'm like, I still don't understand. Like, like it kind of makes sense. It kind of like, I'm seeing, like I'm seeing things now, like, you know, what he, what, what Mac dressed up as at the house, at the Halloween party, you know, know, it's a robot. Get it. (laughs) Yes. Our, our, it turns out that our red Ranger Mac, AKA Macintosh is an Android. Which makes him the first, and according to the Ranger Wiki, only artificial person to be a ranger. And our second, technically, ranger to die in, in the season. In a season. Oh. 
was so cheap. It was so cheap. He's basically oh Pinocchio. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just. I'm a real uh, boy now, uh, Daddy. Okay. Someone please tell me. I have to know. Because this revelation, even though it was foreshadowed, they started foreshadowing it. I don't remember exactly. At least like 50, between like 15 to 20 episodes in. The big revelation is in episode 26. And I'm just like, was this the plan from the start? Or did they just come up with this in the middle of production? It really feels because like. Because it doesn't make sense if you go back and look at the at the premiere. It really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Like, because you and I were talking about this last night when we were getting our notes together and it doesn't make sense because in the premiere episode, in the premiere episode, Mr. Hartford um, gives the Rangers civilian powers and we've yeah, seen casual some, genetic modification, casual genetic. <laughs> let me, and, and pre, let me just, let me just hone in on that word genetic modification uh-huh. that he Gen- didn't want to give to his son because up until this up until like they started making the robot revelation oh there's a nice title for you good alliteration uh, until they started really foreshadowing that mr hartford just came across as the overprotective dad did we okay so let me just ask you this did we actually see him administer the genetic modification yes. to matt okay he got in the tube and they did the thing, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't too. But he, we saw him do the thing. Okay, just want to make sure because it's been a little minute. It, it all starts running together. The ridiculousness starts running together after a while. Um, so, so yeah, like the the that like I want to I want to just kind of park on that word genetic modification. So, so Nathan, I'm not going to look it up in the dictionary because our listeners with attitude are smart enough to know what genetic means. But what does genetic mean to you, Nathan? Biological. Mm, yes. Quite. So if it's biological, that would mean it's not, that would act, the antithesis of that would be artificial, correct? Yes, quite. Okay. So how could you genetically modify something or someone? who has no, who possesses no genetics. Exactly. Unless this is supposed to, uh, this is Android in the sense of Blade Runner, where they kind of blur the line a little maybe, bit there. Maybe, I'm okay, so I'm willing to, I'm willing to concede ground there. If this is Android, if they mean Android in terms of, in terms of Blade Runner, but here's the problem, in the final, in that, in that, um, in the final episode, in the finale, he says uh, something to the effect after the Sentinel Knight does the MacGuffin the thing and does the magic. Oh, the um, Sentinel Knight. The 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 Sentinel Knight. Yeah, he does the thing, the MacGuffin. You know, uh, Mac comes back to life, and he says, oh, "I can feel my heart racing." I'm like, "Wait, he's Pinocchio now? Holy crap! He's a real boy. He's a real boy after he spent several episodes being the power nihilist." Mm, yes, like, you could just make another one 
he even calls out his uh, Mr. Hartford. It's just it's like it was like you could. He's like, what? He said, why did you do this? He's like, well, like I was so busy and I couldn't find the right woman. He's like, why didn't you make one of those? I'm like, that's a very honest question. That's a Ask very. Right that's a why legitimate. Why didn't you just make the perfect woman and not a son? And what that makes is it a even, legitimate question. Yeah, and what makes it even stupider is that yeah, I understand this is a little bit cliche, but it works. Generally speaking, why couldn't he have been? A android version of a dead son that he had. Like maybe he had a son and his son died, so he oh, made a robot replacement. Cliche. That's super cliche, but it would have totally worked. Yeah. And then the memories that he that apparently are just programmed. <clears throat> you know, they could have just been transferred into him. So now it's just like I have memories, but they're not technically mine. But they're real. They actually happened. You know, that sort of a thing. You could have played around with that. That would have been interesting. Nope. He's you, Mega Man, but a lame version of Mega Man. You know the you know the moment that I started to catch on before the revelation? I didn't think you did. You're just like, what? No, no. I, I what I thought was weird was he was looking at the old photo of him fishing. Yeah. And he says, Why is there no shadow? Or why is there no because someone really sucks at Photoshop. So, so, yeah, I was gonna say because someone really sucks at their at their Photoshop skills. <laughs> they should have hired you to do it. Then and, it would have been perfect. And Sp- and and Spencer and Spencer's just standing there like crap. I forgot to add a drop shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the graphic designer in you was just seething right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, so that's so there. The implication is the photo. The He's photo a vampire. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the implication is the photo has been altered or photoshopped, and okay, so there's something fishy going on. And then, like, and then, like, a couple of scenes later, Mac gets blown up uh, by the monster, and then we see just Mac's face, and then the then the camera pans out, and it's a head on a table. I'm like, oh, and he was wow. broken. Remember, he was uh, he was like twitching and. Oh yeah, he was. On yeah, he was twi- you were texting me. It's like Red Ranger on repeat is annoying or something like that. And then literally a minute later, you're like he's a robot. <laughs> he's a freaking robot. Like I was trying to find the text thread. Like when it when the the revelation when the revelation finally washed over me. I was trying to find the here. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll do some digging here. See what I can. No, find. I've got. I've got it. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I've got to pull up here. Okay. 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 Here, here's the, here's the, here's the text read Thursday, 9 55 PM. Good Godzilla. This dialogue, the dialogue of this show. Okay. The battle fleet Megazord was kind of cool. <clears throat> Our red Ranger is stuck on repeat. That's so dumb. Following text message. I'm going to bleep this out. <laughs> Holy shit. He's a mother trucking robot. <laughs> Why didn't I see this coming? What the hell? <laughs> and then I and then the the text thread continues. This makes no friggin' sense. Mac Macintosh. Ugh, I get it. Oh, Go- and he's a Red Ranger, just like an apple. Godzilla. <laughs> I said Godzilla. Damn it! This makes zero sense. <laughs> I would have preferred that Spencer be his father. I could have. <laughs> I could have justified that somehow. This is so friggin' stupid. I hate this show. <laughs> 
The slow spiral into <laughs> rantiness. Yes, my apprentice. <laughs> Join me in the hate. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we've ranted. A li- we've we've gotten all that out. Of, we've gotten that out of. I've gotten that out of my system. Yeah. Gotten, so it, it, the sad thing is, Mac is not that bad as a character. No, he's not. And that's what I was gonna. Add, that's what I was gonna want to transition into. I was gonna. I want to at least try to come find some redeeming qualities of Mac because it's not, it's not all just about him being a robot and that revelation and him just being kind of him being kind of naive because he, the whole, the, 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 the show starts out with him being just very enthusiastic to help. He wants to be a ranger. He wants Mm -hmm. to help his dad, you know, when Mm -hmm. we first, and he loves adventure novels, which I really appreciate. Anyone who comes on here and is just an avid reader makes me happy. God, the 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 opening scene when he's when we think he, <laughs> okay, when he, yeah, we were scared. We oh were scared God. when we were watching it. I'm like, oh, oh God, no. are they going to rip off Indiana Jones this bad <laughs> the whole time? With, you'll see, you, Mister Jones. <laughs> you'll see, Mister Hotford. <laughs> you'll see, Mister Hotford. You will never <laughs> escape me. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Okay, Schnell. but yeah. We, I was really terrified. And then, and then there, and then that, then the, it transitions to him asleep in the hammock or reading mm-hmm. in the hammock. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. That makes, that actually makes some sense. Okay. So he has a, he has a, he has a wild imagination. He loves adventure novels. Um, you know, it's, he's a little bit on the naive side. Uh, like, and what I'm talking about when I'm, when he, when we first meet our, our other Rangers, we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, he he they all walk into the mansion because their command center is this big mansion just it's not a, it's really not all that interesting um hey and, the avengers used to hang out in the mansion so when we <laughs> when we first meet mac he's like i want to i want to join you guys i want to be a ranger you know because our other rangers are being recruited at this point by dr hartford uh, to go on this mission operation to go on this operation overdrive mission you know so he's he's like, I really just want to be a ranger. And Mr. Hartford is like, no, you can't be a ranger. I need to protect you. And we it, like you said, we we at first we think we're just going to get overprotective dad. Yeah. Like, and, and we've seen that before. Like, OK, that's OK. We're getting another overprotective father or an overbearing father. Something. OK, fine. Um, But Mac is but, but Mac is not a he's not a terrible character. He's really not even a terrible red Ranger. He, he fits within the, uh, he fits within the established archetype of what constitutes a red Ranger. Now he's not as like, um, testosterone infused as yeah. past red Rangers, but no, he, no. any, I, I wouldn't call him anywhere. I wouldn't say he's anywhere close to a top tier red Ranger. I wouldn't say but he's that. not terrible. No, he's not terrible. He's not terrible. In fact, him and our blue ranger are probably my two favorite characters. Everyone else I can either take it or leave. Uh, uh, well, apparently not a lot of people like the blue ranger, but we'll get to that. Mm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Mac is not terrible. Uh, what did you think of when we were, when we were first introduced to Mac, what did you think of Mac? I did like him. I liked the setup. I liked that he was naive, but he was thirsty for adventure. He really wanted to do the right thing. And uh, so I really appreciated that enthusiasm. Right. I wish they had done a little bit more with that. He he does display some good leadership throughout the season, but I really would have liked to have seen some bits where he's actually challenged with 
you know, grow in that he grows from that naivete and realizes that it's not necessarily all fun and games. Now, like I joke that he becomes a power nihilist because suddenly he finds out that he's a robot and just thinks he's disposable, but they don't lean into that enough. Right. Yeah. They don't lean into it nearly enough. And when they do lean into it, it just felt stupid. Mm-hmm. I like, we get it. You subtly don't like yourself and you've got tension between you and your dad, but then that comes up very inconsistently there is that kind of funny episode where he tries to be Nikki six. <laughs> he's like, I want to be a rock star. And, or maybe I don't want to be a rock star. Well, that's too bad. Cause you're actually pretty good at guitar, man. Why don't it? it whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just, the robot revelation just mucks everything up for what would have probably been a much better character. It would have. I, I agree. I, I think that the robot rebel. Yeah. It, 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 it it just screwed. If they would have just stuck with the naive, the, the naive adventure hungry Red Ranger who just wants to who just wants his dad to be proud of him. Then fine, I, I could have went with that. I, I really could have. But yeah. that's what's yeah. really annoying. The ingredient we said this actually about Mystic Force, but the problem with Mystic Force is that it got obsessed with one Ranger and didn't give the other ones enough time. Right. But the ingredients were still there. And when they were when it wasn't focused on Nick, the Red Ranger, the other characters got the shine. This season has a different problem. The ingredients are there and it just <laughs> it just takes the batter and spills it all out on the floor, basically. Right. Because uh, speaking of terrible rangers, <sighs> our Black Ranger Will Aston, played by Samuel ben, uh, ben- Benta, Benta, Benta. Yeah. I now I, I will give Benta. I will give this little bit of credit. I appreciate the fact that this show was not afraid to have a black man as the Black Ranger because mm. yeah we haven't seen after that a yeah, because after a handful of episodes of Mighty Morphin. The creators are like, oh, no, we made the Black Ranger a black man when nobody know- really noticed. Even it was at uh, Walter Jones. Even Walter Jones didn't notice until a ha- you know, like a dozen episodes in. And it yeah, wasn't I mean, I, it wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm glad it, that they did. They, you know, they did. They uh, actually went through with it here because they've been a little scared since then to do that. Yeah. You know, in a in a word, we're, we're living in a post Black Panther world now. It shouldn't matter. It yeah, it really shouldn't matter. It, it doesn't. But good Lord, Will has the most punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hate could that. not stand this guy. I hate that. Sm- and, and, that and I, and smug I, smirk. And he wants to be the the hotshot, the popular guy, which makes no sense because he's a thief. Why do you want to draw attention to yourself when you're the thief? Yeah, that makes he, more sense for the stunt man on the team because he wants to be a movie star. His day job, his day job is he is a thief who companies and organizations hire to break into their facilities to test their security protocols. Yeah, that's just, essentially his job. Yeah, I do, which just it just doesn't make sense. I get maybe what they're thinking. Maybe what the creators were thinking is that they want him to be suave and cool, you know, like Mary Grant, you know, the charming thief, you know, Lupin the Third or whatever. But it just, I just that face. <laughs> Again, nothing against you, Mister Benta, but you have the most punchable smirk. <laughs> At least in this show. Now, I really, I wanted, I wanted to like, I wanted to like Will because 
I feel like he has a really interesting backstory or he had a really, cause the premise of this, like I said, I kind of, I touched on it a little bit with, with Mac, but um, Mr. Hartford is plucking all of these different people from different walks of life. They all have different skill sets and different things that they're good at, which is a really interesting premise. And, and, and having a jewel th- or having a, a thief, jewel thief, uh, professional, uh, professional criminal, professional burglar, whatever yeah. on the Which team actually is in to- in keeping with the Sentai, the black Ranger it does. Yeah, was it, supposed it, to be a quote unquote thief, which there's a joke in the first episode. Like, no, I'm not a thief. I'm a treasure hunter. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, being that like that type of skill set does have, as it does have its advantage advantages, you know, I, cause we saw, um, we saw in a later episode, you know, he was you know picking the lock on the, t- on the mummy's tomb and, you know, all that stuff. So like it does, it does have its advantages to have that type of skill set. And that's a really like, and I, I feel like I'm going to rep- this over and over this episode but that's a really interesting premise but the execution i didn't care for that actually might be the central problem with operation overdrive it has good ideas but they're horribly the bones, executed it has it's, good bones. it's light speed rescue to the nth degree we talked about how it seemed like a lot got crammed into light speed rescue that doesn't hold a candle to how much they tried to stuff into this season. Well, are we are we talking about a regular candle or an exploding Roman candle? Oh, the callish explosions. <laughs> we'll talk about those. They weren't so. I know they technically started in SPD, or that's when people consider them to have started, but they mm-hmm. weren't nearly. And the, and they increased a bit with Mystic Force. My God, they're all <laughs> over the place. God, this show. But anyway, honestly, I mean. It, the, the punchable smirk gets toned down after about 10 episodes or so. It does. With yeah. Will, but he's not used in all that interesting a fashion after a while. And so he's just there and you know, he has a little bit of a dynamic with Ronnie, but not a whole lot. No, it's just, yeah. 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 So, so let's move on and talk about our blue Ranger Dax. Is it Liao or low? Low. low. Okay. Um, so Dax Lowe played by Gareth Ewan. Um, I actually, I actually liked this guy for the most part. He started to wear on me around episode 20, I would say. Yeah. A lot of people don't like him around the, around the time of the crossover around the time of uh, once a ranger, he started to really wear on me because he's this, he's a stunt guy. He works in Hollywood. He's a stunt man. Yeah. And that's a really interesting premise. And it really did like having, having Dax on in some of these fight scenes does set up some really interesting wire work. Specifically. I'm thinking of the, I'm actually, I'm thinking of the crossover now, the wire work that, that was done when they were fighting at Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but like having a stunt man on the team makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, you're, he's and, after- and his shtick is that he's a stunt man who wants to be an actual movie star, yes. but he can't ever get anything but stunt work. Right. Which is, I, which I like that premise. It's a really interesting premise. I kind of wonder if maybe he was inspired. This character was inspired a little bit by Jackie Chan. Maybe uh, that actually could be that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because Jackie Chan started his career as a stuntman, then he transitioned mm-hmm. to being a leading guy, a leading mm-hmm. actor, a leading man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he's fu- and he was known for being comical. And this guy, the, the dude is 
goofy. The, the, the dude gives me a run for for my money in terms of energy levels. The guy is just the guy gives you a run for your money. Gives you a run for your money in terms of goofiness. <laughs> that too, which is for some people was just too much. And I will admit, sometimes I'm like, okay, your sticks are getting a tiny bit old. You know, the, this would be a great movie. And I wanted to be a movie star, but no one knows my face. And it's just like, I'm in a lot of movies. Nobody knows my face. It's just, okay. <laughs> I get, yeah, we, we, yeah, we get it. We we get it, Dax. We get it. Like, you know, but he's, 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 I think he's meant to be the heart of the team. Like he's the lovable guy. Like he's the a lovable he's the, goofball. He's the lovable goofball. And like, I'll be honest, like those first several episodes, he really had me. He's like, I like this guy. He's goofy. He's funny. You know, he's athletic. He, he like, there were some good visuals that come along with him and in, in his fight choreography. Like I'm, I'm able to look over the, the goofy, I want to be an actor shtick because you know, it, it's, it, it is what it is. But the more I, the more time I spent with Dax, the less I began to like him because and maybe this is going to be a little bit too harsh, but the more time I got to spend with him, the less endearing he became and more of an mm-hmm. idiot he became. Yeah. And I think that's what it was for a lot of people. Now I will confess he had a focus episode that for me did was one of the better episodes of the show where he actually got to be in a movie. And I'm like, I'm sold on this movie just on the title Ninja Rumba. Give me more Ninja Rumba. Somebody make Ninja Rumba Somebody, real. That's a deep cut reference. Somebody make it. Somebody make Ninja Rumba real. And but apparently it's apparently it, it's an unofficial Rambo sequel because he looks like Rambo, <laughs> <laughs> and he's Rambo looking for treasure. So it's Rambo meets Indiana Jones with ninjas. I'm sold. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's like, like, I, I bet that's, that that's that you could probably go on Tubi right now and find that. Very <laughs> Rambo meets Indiana Jones with ninjas, with ninjas, yes. <laughs> ninja rumba. And they're dancing ninjas because rumba is a dance. <laughs> now in terms of, in terms of our archetypal blue Rangers, where does Dax fit in? He doesn't fit nicely into the archetype but i feel like the the more i think about it the more i feel like the blue ranger is a little bit more malleable compared to the rest well the more i think about it the more i think this season kind of even breaks the the archetypes even further um because it mixes and matches the archetype because the the next ranger we're going to talk about ronnie robinson i like the alliteration show uh played by caitlin murphy she is our, she's kind of our bubbly one. Yeah. The yellow ranger. She's kind of the bubbly one. Although she's a, she's a, um, she's a race car driver. So Danica mm-hmm. Patrick essentially. Yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, was, this too- was back when I think Danica Patrick was a rising star and in the indie car scene and I everyone just you- went nuts. Cause you're like, you're pretty. <laughs> I will tell you, let's say here, Danica uh, Dan, uh, hang, on, hang on, I'll tell you. I'll say it. Danica Patrick's rookie year. Danica Patrick, Danica Patrick's rookie year was 2005. So just a couple years before this. Yeah, this was a couple. Yeah, a couple years before this. So this. So she was. So da- this is probably when Danica Patrick was doing all the GoDaddy ads and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah, and so, honestly, it's she as Disney Brain put it, she's arguably the best character on the team. She is. Because I agree. she gets the most she has the most development out of all of them and she, she contributes the most. She does. Because she's she's highly competitive, has a lot of energy to it, and that is actually one of her focus episodes is people trying to tell her you're way too competitive and you're not fun to hang around with. And so she has to learn a bit of a lesson about that, but she's also one to be very quick to talk to the other Rangers like Tyson. We'll talk about him in a few minutes and say like, Hey, you know, it's okay, man, let me help you out. That sort of, you no, know, this is, this is, this is something we haven't seen before. And it just kind of dawned on me. Ronnie, has better leadership skills than technically our leader Mac, at least for a lot of arguably, arguably. Yeah. Arguably because she has the most development. Yeah. Do you think she's as much of a tomboy as other past female yellow Rangers? She's, I mean, she, she's athletic. I wouldn't call her. I would put her in the same. She's athletic, but she's still feminine. So even I would put, I would probably put her in the same vein as, um, uh, light speed rescue, yellow Kelsey. Mm-hmm. She's sure. highly cause, cause Kelsey was highly competitive, mm-hmm. highly competitive. And, and Kelsey was also and, and, and energetic and enthusiastic and, uh, and a bit of a tomboy and, um, just, yeah, I think I would put her in the same vein as I would put her in the same vein as like Kelsey, except Kelsey was a lot more like intense mm-hmm. than than Ronnie. Well, Ronnie was really intense for one episode. Right. Because we need a character conflict to shoehorn into here. Right. Because yeah, these Rangers aren't really going to treat their mission with enough gravity. I That's think that yeah, the show has like ah, just, just thinking back on operation overdrive, they were, they were, it feels like, it feels like this is a season where they were phoning it in. They were just, they were ticking all the boxes and they were just kind of mud. They were just kind of like muddling their way through this season. Yeah. Because they were just, and I really want to know if, because again, okay, I get it. The budget was slashed. Right. But we've seen plenty of examples where something had a slashed budget, but the creators were still able to do something. Mm-hmm. So I really want to know, was it because they didn't get enough time? What went wrong? Because we know this creative team can do amazing things. Come on. Just two seasons before this, we had SPD. It has to be budget. It it has to be budget and not really understanding well, no, I don't even want to say that because they're professional writers. They should know how to understand to adapt. They should understand how to adapt the source material. I mean, they've been doing it for years. You've got this all-star team with, with Jackie Marchand, Bruce Callish and others. It's like, I don't understand what went wrong here. Like what, yeah. like what went wrong? Like why, why start, why start the, the season off in, in a, fairly strong way and then just kind of piss it all away throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't get it. But you have anything else to say about Ronnie? No, I like Ronnie. She's not my favorite. She's not my, honestly, this is I'm going to probably say this a lot. She's not my favorite Yellow Ranger, but she's a solid Yellow Ranger. I like Ronnie. She had some good focus episodes. She had some honestly, she's had the most she had the most leadership development out of everyone on this team. Um 
but yeah, it, I like Ronnie. So moving yeah. on to our pink ranger, Rose Ortiz, played by Rhonda uh, Montemayor. I think they went a little overboard with showing you just how smart she is because apparently she started college at 10. Talk about breaking our typical archetype. And have you noticed, especially in uh, a couple of seasons, especially a couple of these later seasons, it seems as though the Pink Ranger is, seems to be the most malleable in breaking that that established archetype for what it means to be a Pink Ranger. Yeah, but she still fits the archetype. She's she, she's highly she, feminine. She's very compassionate. She's a little ditzy. She's bubbly. which is weird. She's like you super know, smart, but a little airheaded at the same time because you know she'll do she, things like track a jewel and not realize she's waist deep in water. You know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Alyssa from Wild Force. I can see that because Alyssa was was highly feminine, very compassionate. She was good with technology. Um, but I feel like I, I feel like this character, this Pink Ranger, and Hispanic, and Hispanic. I feel like Rose takes that even further because she's yeah. a, she's not just a nerd. She's a nerd. Yeah. Apparently she's even smarter than Alyssa because Alyssa was still going to college at the right. typical time. Apparently Rose is so smart. Like I said, apparently she started college at age 10 or something. Right. And her whole motivation, which doesn't really pan out is that she Apparently she didn't feel like she was all that special as a child. So she became the world's biggest overachiever and just constantly sought knowledge. Yeah. And I'm just like, hold on. Even now you don't feel like you're all that special. You graduated from college when most people started high school. <laughs> I mean, if, what? If, if, I mean, if that's not a confidence boost, I don't know what. Uh, yeah. Not to mention like she has one focus episode with the, I don't know if I should say this, but the me too pirate <laughs> where she's, she has to learn to have quote unquote, have fun. I'm like, she was displaying how snarky and fun to be around. She was from the first episode. Why does she have to learn to not be a stick in the mud? She has not been a stick in the mud. Yeah. What is going on? But apparently she has to be possessed by a pirate ghost and then act like a pirate, which admittedly was kind of entertaining. It, no, that was incredibly, that was incredibly fun. That was a really fun episode. Other than the fact that he did it without permission. <laughs> We're not going there. Yeah, I know. Anyway, yeah, brown beard. Brown. Just beard. one of several one-off rando characters. Well, okay. That we so, have okay. Show. So, okay. 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 I'm just going to bring this up now. If they can have friggin' Thor and Loki in this show. <laughs> pre MCU. Pre MCU. If they can have, <laughs> which is really amusing if they because I do Thor think the comics influenced these presentations, the Marvel versions influenced it from the comics. But this is pre-MCU. If they can have Thor, Loki, and the city of Atlantis in this show, why couldn't they just have Blackbeard? Yeah, it's not like Blackbeard is a copyrighted character. Right. So, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> but anyway, Rose is actually pretty fun. 
sometimes I feel like she figures things out a little fast. Sometimes I feel like she figures things out. Yeah, like, the, you don't you know, have it, to be that smart to figure well, it, that it out. Does, it does help move. The, it, it, I will say it does help move the plot. She does help move the plot along because this, because operation overdrive has this really nasty habit of not knowing when to either let off the gas or hit the gas. Oh, that was unintentional. Sorry. Um, Operation Overdrive has this really interesting quirk about it. It just doesn't know when, when and where to let off the gas. And um, yeah, the, Rose just figures stuff out way too quickly. Like I like now, now talking about her specifically as a character, I like Rose. Like I don't have a problem with Rose. I We've seen better Pink Rangers. She, there is, there is, there is some interesting character development with her throughout this season but I mean, she's, she's just there. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of these characters, but before we get to the sixth ranger and allies, I want to say that we were, cause I think we need to talk about it a little bit. We were joking about how it was like, Oh, there's no way the show hates its own characters. Actually, there are a lot of episodes where it does feel like, especially the crossover, because they like, give up when, so easily. I was going to say, when in, points. when in Ranger history have we seen we don't want to be Rangers anymore? Or no, I take that back. I take that back. We have seen that. We have seen that. Or we have seen Rangers question whether they want to be Rangers before. Th that's not what I'm talking about here. So let me rephrase. When have we seen in Ranger history Rangers just hand over their morphers and their duties so easily. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in the crossover where they're like, like Oh, I it's the nostalgia Rangers. They're so much cooler than us. Well, I like, I kind of get <laughs> like, I, I kind of get that part. I, I kind of get that part. Like the, 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 the past Rangers come back and they're super cool and they're seem powerful and all. And this team was just kind of thrown together. And one thing that I've known, and one thing that I did notice throughout operation overdrive is that they can, that they don't have, they, these, this team does not possess a lick of confidence in themselves. They no. really don't. Re well, Dax maybe, cause he thinks <sighs> he's, maybe I, I, I'm going <laughs> To quote the MST3K version of the Jet Jaguar fight song, his smile cover up a basic insecurity. Right. So this this is this is an incredibly insecure team. And in that moment when the Nostalgia Rangers, the the other Rangers, Adam and and the past Rangers come back, like I understand that because they had just gotten their asses kicked by uh by 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 our villains by our alliance of evil like we've not seen that before um <laughs> so oh, oh there's a rant master coming for you <laughs> they 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 have they, we they they have they had just gotten their asses handed to them and so i get that their confidence level is low and I get that these new, these, these past Rangers, they come in, they're way more experienced. They know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're able to like fight and, and do the thing and really just be, and, and really just take and take care of business, you know, um, <laughs> the whole, the whole thing, you know, and I get it, but 
guys, I just want to, I, I just wanted to shake these people and say, could you at least try? Could you at least try not to be just, could you just try to show at least some level of, of, of rain of, of confidence worthy of being a power ranger? Like if, if a, if a power ranger is going to give up this easy, they don't deserve to be a power ranger. Ooh. I <laughs> <Hot> take, I <hot> take. <laughs> Wow, the entire team doesn't deserve it. Oh my gosh. So can we <laughs> with that hot take in mind, can we move on to the sixth ranger and allies? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna get that soapboxy there. Uh, <laughs> Soapbox Megazord activated. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so let's 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 move on to our our, our sixth ranger and our support. Ego team. Ranger dropping truth bombs. Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our Mercury Ranger, Tyson, played by Dwayne Cam- Cameron. Who I've met. I met him at Indiana Comic Con. Oh, that's right. You, you did. The, you did. I have to ask, how is he yep. in person? So there were two Sixth Rangers there. Clearly one was more popular than the other. Nothing against you, Mr. Cameron. And we've seen him before. He w- he had a bit role in one episode of Dino Thunder. He was mm. the bully that got talked out of beating up our nerdy Blue Ranger. Oh, he was. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. And like, this is not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but he, he, he did look totally different because he lost some weight. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. So... <sighs> Ties on as the Mercury Ranger is a little frustrating. For one thing, again, going back to how much better Bokenger is, I like the suit. This is an interesting mm-hmm. suit design. Unfortunately, something I realized is that this season is so unpopular, I don't think we're ever going to see, say, Lightning Collection figures, these characters, even though the designs are cool. I mean, even when they made the Phantom Ranger, they put on in space Phantom Ranger because even they're like, we're not going to acknowledge, we don't talk about Turbo. So- I want the completionist in me wants them to do this team, but I understand why they probably won't. Yeah. But Tyson is interesting. He's a Mercurian. Mm, He's an alien who's basically an anamorph. Right. (laughs) Because he turns or the T2 or the T1000. I don't know. Anyone remembers that show. Yeah. He turns it to silvery liquid metal and kind of, it does some sort of shape shifting with it. He can move around and use it as to whip people and things like that. He actually started as a monster of the week, which was kind of interesting. So again, that was a, that. Okay. So that was a, we, I don't know if we should park here when we talk. I don't know if we should park here or wait until we can get to our monsters of the week. Cause technically he is a monster of the week, but he turns into a rain. That is one of the most, his transition from being, ties on the creature to ties on the, the Mercurian Ranger humanoid Ranger was a re- was really interesting. And I, and I found that to be pretty unique. Like mm-hmm. that, is, that is a pretty unique, that is a, yeah. well, not pretty unique. That is a very unique way to introduce your, your sixth Ranger. Yeah. It is a, a variation on a theme here with what we've noticed with six Rangers. Cause he does start off as a bad guy, a reluctant bad guy. And you know, so he's a villain and then he becomes a ranger. So it goes all the way back to Tommy in 
in Mighty Morphin, which, by the way, I found out thanks to our friend Carl Dutton doing coverage, uh, episode-by-episode coverage of Zhu Ranger and Mighty Morphin on his Patreon, that Zhu Ranger was the first Sentai to do the Sixth Ranger. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that because I, I haven't finished Jetman. I yeah. haven't watched anything earlier than I haven't watched anything earlier than Zhu Ranger, not into its fullest. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So that started that trope and it's been a trademark ever since. So Interesting. there you go. So, so, you know, Power Rangers got in on the ground floor with that. But anyway, so I like that. And the monster, we'll get into it with the monsters of the week section, but you know, I did like that. And that two parter with him when he was the monster was one of those high points of the season that showed me what Operation Overdrive could have been, but never maintained, which honestly, like I said before, might is one of the things that actually does make it worse than Turbo for me. <laughs> Not by a whole lot, but it makes it worse. But and then we find out that he has a bit of a tragic backstory. There was a, there was a villain faction that invaded his planet. He was what they called a rescuer. Mm-hmm. He was so basically he was a soldier. He was trying to evacuate people and you know combat the fe- the fear cats, haha, uh-huh. like meerkats. I get it. And then a bunch of people died in a cave in, including we find out later because he doesn't tell us everything. His fiance, mm. who then just turns into Kruger's wife, because mm-hmm. spoiler warning, she ain't dead. I don't know how, but she's not. And how the bad guys have her makes no sense. I, you know, I honestly would have, I honestly telegraphed that from the moment they, from the moment they started that whole, like, she got trapped in a cave with the rest of the team underground with another monster. Okay, so monster probably captured her. She's being held captive somewhere. Like they, like that's not a hard. But apparently, thing. she's the only one who survived. Everybody else died. I guess. I mean, you know, when you're trapped in, when you're when you're trapped in a cave with a bunch of other people, you got to eat something. There you go. Is, is Vela going to be able to tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I just need you to know, Tyson. I'm a cannibal now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you've heard no, like, if when we get married, if you tick me off, I might eat you during the st- Hey, look, sticking, sticking with the, sticking with the theme of adventurers. Like, you know, there have been plenty of stories about people scaling Mount Everest and eating their comrades who have passed away to survive. <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, okay. Uh, crazy dark turn aside that all of that is, is well and good, but Tyson. I never felt like Tyson really lived up to his full potential. It was there again. That's what's frustrating. The ingredients are there, mm-hmm. but somebody decided to dump half of it on the floor. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Which is sad because, you know, every time I see like, that was the episode that going back to once a ranger when all of the when all of the um when all the other rangers are going back to their like normal civilian jobs all you see is tyson walking into a field all solemn all like all all sulky and i could hear all i could hear is 
Lonely. <laughs> I'm Mr. Lonely. <laughs> you know what I was hearing? I was hearing the sad piano music from the Incredible Hulk. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> As far as okay, so here here is the thing. As far as Sixth Rangers go, he is acceptable. He does. He is actually my favorite Ranger character of this show. Um, and I just wish they could have done more with with Tizon. Like his I agree. his debut. Those four episodes. Those four episodes that really kind of focus in on him. Uh, the two episodes where he's ties on the creature or ties on the monster of the week. And then, then the two episodes that follow where he's ties, he becomes ties on the ranger. Those are good. Like, like show, like keep this up. This is, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Show like stick here, stay here. Yeah. And then you piss it all away, but okay. That I digress. Uh, but now good Lord, this, do we have to talk about, do we have to talk about King Ninja? <laughs> this character. Okay, you know what? Rentmaster activated. Oh, this is this this is the trifecta this, episode. Okay, oh Lord, this this character is so busted. All right, tell oh, me. Oh, this busted. character tell is so busted. He makes no sense. He's OP. He just he's he is plot convenience incarnate. Oh my God! So much plot convenience. Oh, uh, like the Sentinel we, Knight. We, we thought voiced book, by Nick Sampson, aka Chip from Mystic Force. We, we thought that they could. We thought that they could not top the book of plot convenience with Mystic Force. We have an entire character of plot convenience. Uh, you know, I have joked on the film vault that Jet Jaguar from Godzilla vs. Megalon is powered by plot convenience. Even even Ninja even Ninjor, the creator of the power coins, is not this powerful. Good lord, this guy. Okay, which is going to get into the MacGuffin. We need to talk about this freaking MacGuffin. Do we have because, to? Because it it is confusing and it just do muddies we, the entire. Well, quick question before we move into that: Do I need to go grab a Corona out of the fridge to to talk about this? Uh, you you might. <laughs> I'm not drunk enough for this episode. We had a request for a drunk episode too, and I'm like, I've already done that on the film fault. Go listen. This would to have that. been. This would actually. I didn't would, get drunk. The other co-host got know, drunk. You know what would have been fun though? Just what would have been fun, and actually, kind of, it would have little. It would have been a little bit of uh, continuity or irony. I don't know how you. I don't know what you would want to call it, but if we did a drunk episode on Operation Overdrive, or if I did a drunk episode on Operation Overdrive, because one of us has to be sober, um, <laughs> someone's got to steer the ship, <laughs> right? We on the film vault. I was drunk on an episode talking about Yeti, giant of the 20th century. <laughs> which is relevant to this. Which is relevant for a reason we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, you're going to talk about me. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, your favorite character. I, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're, you're not far off. Anyway, uh, <laughs> The care, the night of the, the sir plot convenience, sir plot convenience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This. Okay. One of the biggest issues that this show had 
is that it kind of overcomplicates things compared to what I know about Bokenger. Bokenger was a little bit more episodic. They were going around recovering powerful artifacts, yes, but not because they're on the Infinity Quest trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Gems so that they could put them all together and the bad guys can use it to rule the universe. Right. Because that's collect- what this is. It's, yeah, they're just collecting the Infinity Gauntlet. Gems. Yeah, they're, just collect- they're just collecting. Yeah, they're just collecting powerful gems in Bokinger, or yeah. colle- or powerful artifacts. Powerful artifacts. Ar- yeah, powerful the precious. artifacts. The precious. The precious. The precious. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but so it wasn't this whole thing where it's like we have the Corona Aurora. By the way, Corona, Latin for crown. Yeah. Little on the nose, and then Aurora because like the lights, the Aurora Borealis. It means lights. Get it? It's two Greek. It it's two Latin words, and when you put them together, they sound cool. Sure, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying, but we just know that the Sentinel Knight had it, took the gems, and scattered them on Earth, not the universe, which would have been a great idea. Instead, he puts them all on the same planet, and then has this convoluted way that you're supposed to solve puzzles and find it, but you got to find other artifacts that are already really powerful in order to find the gem that you can then put on there. Oh my gosh, why? At least, at least, let me just say this, at least Zordon was smart enough to scatter the Zeo crystal across space and time. Yes, quite. And I'm just, but I don't know what the frick the Sentinel Knight is. I don't know why he's important. I don't know why the crown is important. I don't know why there's this overly we, convoluted way to get it. All okay. we know, all we know is it's just extremely powerful. That's all yeah. we know. Well, but even the Infinity Gauntlet, but we don't made know more why it's powerful. This. We yeah. don't know why it's powerful. Was it? Was it? Was it given or possessed by a, a, a powerful ruler back in whatever century? Uh, does it have? Does it? Are the stones? derived from something that's mystical and magical maybe they're like derived from the zeo crystal that would be yeah. an actually that would actually be really this cool is an anniversary point. season they could have done that they could have said that yeah they could have said the gems were derived from the zeo crystal they were fragments of they were fragments of the zeo crystal <laughs> given to a powerful king way back when so that he could rule the universe. The crown was taken from the king because the king was corrupted by his own power and the crown and the, the, and, and the sentinel, sad. maybe the sentinel knight was the captain of his guard. And it was like, no, nope, you can't have this. <laughs> right. The, the sentinel was the, was the sentinel knight was the captain of his guard. And maybe he saw the corruption coming from, he saw the corruption that the Corona Aurora could have brought, brought to the king. Cause the king maybe was once a good guy. He was a good and noble king. And then he was corrupted by power like we've already fixed operation overdrive right and then we're just making this up on the spot <laughs> this is off the cuff people <laughs> we are fixing this because here's the thing this is deriving a lot of inspiration from indiana jones guess what i get it every indiana jones movie is about looking for a macguffin and technically you know, if you don't know, the term MacGuffin was invented by Hitchcock, and all it was just a general term for just like the thing everybody is wants to get. That is the motivation. It's the thing everyone wants to get in a story, but it's it doesn't matter what it is. All that it's, matters is that it's motivating the characters to get it. It's a made up word. It's a yeah, made up. It's, it's a, a made up word. But here's the thing. We understand in every Indiana Jones movie what the MacGuffin is and why it's important. You watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. They t- they have a whole scene dedicated to explaining to you what the Ark of the Covenant is, 
why it's powerful, why it's important, and why the Nazis want it. Right. I don't know what the frick this thing is and like, why it, there's this convoluted these convoluted steps that you have to go through to get it when you, I thought that the Sentinel Knight was trying to make sure nobody could find it. So why have a system we, that you could use to find it? Because even comparing it, comparing it and contrasting it to the Zeo Quest, we knew what the Zeo Crystal was. We had backstory to what the Zeo Crystal was, what it could do, and why it should not fall into the wrong hands. We got none of that. Yeah, we get more explanation about these only barely related artifacts, like <laughs> like the mystical blender. <laughs> It's a chalice, but it looks like a blender, people. It actually kind of reminds me of my ninja blender that I use. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, and then the Sentinel Knight. He has a backstory with another villain that makes no sense. We'll get to that. And But apparently he can't take physical form, despite how powerful he is, but he can show up in a ghostly form and do things like show up in the premiere and say, like, you must become Power Rangers and find the Corona Aurora. Then I'm going to disappear for 18 episodes. Right. And then he, could, he shows back up and he's so powerful he can apparently pluck people out of time, restore memory, because bridge and kira shouldn't know who each other are and turn or busted ranger powers and and return people and, and and make and make rangers real boys and make but that's no that's the corona aurora he can't do that he needed the crown to do that but he's also kind of a jerk because he's like hey overdrive rangers you suck i'm replacing you with rangers that people actually like yeah, kind of like he, he, he essentially said he, he, he essentially just said, you guys really suck at your job. So I'm going to bring yeah, some, but then we're they gonna, figure we're gonna bring out in the professionals. Yeah. But then they actually figure out how to get him to actually manifest. But then there's a point where he's corrupted for a hot minute mm -hmm. and works for the bad guys. And I'm like, we well, that was that easy. We have to have that obligatory episode. Yes. Yeah. I was like, well, because the Sentai footage. Right. I was like, so yeah, that was easy. And then it was a little easy to fix that. And then he's, he actually is listed as a Zord in the Ranger Ricky, which makes no sense. And then he becomes the source of the Battleizer for Mac. I just, but I have no idea what the frick he is and why I should care. Okay. Can we, can we lighten the mood a little bit here and talk about one? Well, of let's my talk about Andrew Hartford played by, Rod Lusich. We've already talked a lot about him, so I don't feel like we have a whole lot more to add here. He's the mentor. He's Mac's dad. And his superpower is that he's rich. Dad in scare quotes. Yeah. And he's rich. So he's rich that he can invent basically an entire army of robots and and Apparently fixed Zords. That was great. It was like, we get the tried and true Ranger trope of blowing up the Zords right before the finale. And then he just fixes them in 15 minutes in the next episode. Yes. Quite. Uh, it's like, nice job, Operation Overdrive. Just when you were actually doing something right and creating some tension, you completely deflate it. Yeah. But like I said, we've already spent a lot of time talking about him. He's the overprotective dad. He's, he's 
the closest thing to a Zordon this season, and there's not a whole lot more to add to him, I think. Right. Do you have anything? No, not really. Uh, he's he's just there. Yeah. He was going to be the Red Ranger, which that might have been interesting if, say, Mac quit and Mr. Hartford just took over for an episode yeah. or something. But isn't he a little old to be a Power Ranger? Tell that to everyone last season. <laughs> uh, tell I mean, that to okay. the Nostalgia Rangers. Okay, so... so, so Are you going to tell Adam he's too old to be a Power Ranger? I'm not telling uh, Adam he's too I'm old not to be a Power Adam, Ranger. I'm not, I'm not telling Adam anything. I'm not, I'm not telling I'm not telling Adam anything. I mean, if you know, if I do that, he'll punch me hard enough that I'll look like Phineas. Okay. That's, that was a little mean. But Mr. Yeah, I we talked about we talked about this trope. We talked about with when we talked about it with Mac, when we talked about Mac, our Red Ranger. I I wanted to, I wanted to be, I wanted to, I wanted to like Mr. Hartford, but Mr. Hartford for an adventurer, he's not very proactive. No. In this season. He's there to be, a, be the description device and help move the plot along. In his defense, Zordon was like that for a while. Well, that's true, but at least Mr. Hartford has feet and can do things. And, uh, wow, that's mean. <laughs> that's my turn to say that's mean. Well, I mean, I'm just saying Mr. Hartford is an adventurer. You would, you would assume that he's been on all of these adventures and all this, all these travels and all these missions and whatnot. He would be a little bit more proactive. Now, to be fair, he was going to be our red Ranger. If it was not for Mac insisting or begging, we'll go with insisting because I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm just going to. I'm going to save my meanness for the villains. Um, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna like if it wasn't for his son insisting on being the Red Ranger, we would have had Mister Hartford as our Red Ranger. But again, I feel like a character like him should have been at least a little bit more proactive. Our next character, okay. Spencer is a lot more proactive. Played by David Weatherly. I think it go I think you and I can both agree our favorite character in the show. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I like Spencer. I, I really enjoyed Spencer. He's the alpha kind he of is, kind of. He's, well he's Mr. Hartford's butler. And he's like he's equal parts alpha and Alfred, I will say. And he's he's, <laughs> he's I really he's very he's witty, kind of sarcastic, a little bit cynical, doesn't like his job. I, and apparently a very weird master of disguise. I'm really disappointed they dropped the snarky I hate my job butler shtick too. I feel like they dropped that too early. A little I, bit. I he really, was admittedly the back half of the season he was not utilized as well. Yeah, he was a lot softer. He was a lot he was a lot he was a lot softer. But he had that very dry British wit about Very him. much. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. We appreciate that. Ooh, <laughs> we appreciate, yeah. yes. That's quite. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> it was just so funny. It, like I, I wrote down for the awards, I potential awards, I wrote down a lot of Spencer lines. Like, perhaps when you've mastered the hammock, sir, 
<laughs> or, 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 or uh, big lizards are attacking your house guests, sir. <laughs> but under- so, so, so spot on the nose. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. When I asked for a raise, this isn't what I had in mind. <laughs> They're picking him up. <laughs> or he was floating up. <laughs> and he gets so excited. It's like, We'll re- we'll replace we'll replace your geraniums out. We'll replace your geranium, Spencer. I almost called him Alfred. Uh, we're we'll replace your geraniums, Spencer. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, I'm I'm talking to the Yeti. <laughs> I'm trying to look up some of the other uh, some of the other Spencer lines that I had written down. A, sp- a spoiler warning: a Spencer line got the best line for me because I had oh, really? to on okay. principle. Of course, I think I think I've got uh, I've got some I've got some lines and oh, I've got. This is one of my favorites. It didn't quite make it. Behold the technological marvel known as glue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's dry wit, and I love it. I love it. It's so British. And it is it. so British. <laughs> but the fact the fact is that he's like, I hate my job. <laughs> it's, it's like I I don't get paid enough to do this crap. <laughs> I don't get paid enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Arguably the best character. He he was a bright spot for Very sure. Very much. But then he kind of got buried in the back half. So, oh, did you know? Oh, and and he was, he actually has a military background, which is kind of cool. It's again, kind of like Alfred, because in some, in some continuities, Alfred used to be in Her Majesty's, like a Royal Air Force or something like that. You know, he has a military background, which I thought was pretty cool. Again, it's piling on the Britishness, but you know what? It's a little heavy. I'll take it. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, for sure. I'll take it. Michael, we need to talk about the villains. Do I need to hit the button for you yet? Not yet. Uh, I will. Okay. I will. I will instruct you. I will instruct you when the button needs to be pushed. So yes, quite. So do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the two of the villains in tandem, or do we want to talk about them individually? I actually had to restructure this section because this. This season is odd. We have, and again, on paper, this sounds like an interesting idea. And in Bokenger, they do this. And and I guess it works a heck of a lot better there. We have competing factions of villains, Mm -hmm. which we have kind of seen before. You know, we had a little bit of that in, say, Lost Galaxy. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So this can work. This can work. This is a convoluted mess. (laughs) Okay, so they, for one thing, they completely change one set of villains, which we'll talk about. Well, I, I do we have because ah, the way I, I usually it'll be like main, you know, like bosses, generals, uh, you know, tertiary villains, henchmen. Yeah, we can't do that here. No, because we each, have multiple factions, so we, we have, have to kind of talk factions. about each yeah. faction. Right. So let's start with house. We, we, let's start with house Moltor. Um, House Moltor, <laughs> uh, the, the one heat, half of the Warring Brothers, the the Heat Miser, the Heat uh, Miser, <laughs> voiced voiced by Mark Ferguson, yeah, and and he is from the Sentai. He is from the Sentai. He's very you can Sentai. tell he's very Sentai. <laughs> yeah, because his brother is not from the Sentai, and it's kind of obvious. 
because yes. you see you can definitely see differences in sensibilities sensibilities yeah design sensibilities mm -hmm. so moltor yeah. heat miser whatever you want to call him he's our fire themed villain hangs out in a volcano because you have to sure and he's a pretty straightforward typical power ranger villain he's a not pilot. a whole lot to say about him individually other than yeah I don't know if he's meant to be. I, th I don't know. In, in Operation Overdrive, it's never said. Not really. Um, but in the Sentai, he's meant to be a pirate. Which you can kind of see with the hat. With the hat. But the hat is... But well, being, it's not even a hat. Well, with the... With, His with head. This, with this being an anniversary season, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but with the, this being an anniversary season, some of our villains... And our monsters of the our monsters of the week take uh, uh, visual cues and homages to past Zords uh, from past Sentai seasons. So the, after doing some digging, you found out that Moltor, specifically the crown on his head, is supposed to resemble the Dino Megazord, mm -hmm. the OG Megazord. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we know about them, because I didn't find the, I wish there was a full list of all the homages. But yeah, you know, I had to kind of see them. As there I are was some. There, there are some that are more obvious than others. Yeah, for sure. And he, uh, his henchmen, because we have several groups of henchmen too. Yeah, are the lava lizards, which are also from the Sentai, and also look very Sentai. Very Sentai. And although sometimes when I look at them, like you look more like birds than lizards, but you, they have cool designs. They have like bladed mohawks. They look like red gorn. <laughs> but with bladed mohawks with, with bladed mohawks yeah <laughs> yeah and which i the reason why i feel like they're almost avian at points is because the noises they make mm -hmm. are not the most lizard sounding in the sentai they sound more like lizards yeah they're very much lizards like they can in yeah. the sentai they can they can even like sprout tiny, tiny they can make babies of themselves it's so weird. i'm full of tinier lizards if you know that reference people you are a nerd among nerds <laughs> i dare you to send us feedback and tell me where i stole that from um but i i like honestly out of the two out of the two main villains that we get well technically three but I'm just going to go with two kind of four kind of four. I don't know. It's we weird. have four factions. Yeah. Primarily. Well, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's really weird anyway. So I like Moltor the best just mm -hmm. because I like, honestly, it's very, it's very objective or subjective. I don't remember. It's very subjective. Subje it's very subjective. I just like the designs of his monsters of the week more. And yeah, he I had like, the best monsters of the and week. I, and I like the aesthetic of I, I like the aesthetic of 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 the dragon. The dragon, I like the dragon lizard aesthetic. Uh dragon lizard know, lord? Dragon lizard, yeah, dragon lizard lord. Yes. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 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 definitely he, <laughs> our friend Danny's new favorite kaiju movie. Oh, and our friend Elijah's new favorite kaiju movie. I mean, he's definitely the he's, he's, <laughs> he's definitely the most hot-headed among all these villains for sure. Um <laughs> Didn't waiting. we have a funny nickname for him? We were coming up with funny nicknames for all oh, these. Oh God, we had uh, Moltor. Oh, oh, molten, molten lava cake. Uh, cake. Uh, lava cake. Yeah. yeah. We have we have lava cake. We have lava uh, cake. Molten here. lava cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
We have lava cake and McFlurious. Uh, oh, no, that's not even the best one we came up with. For <laughs> No, but it, we'll but save that for when we talk about it. Right. So, but I like, I like Multor. I do. I, he's I very, just, uh, we'll talk he's, about it when we talk about his brother, because you have to talk about them kind of as a pair. I have issues with the characterization. They're so petty. They're so they petty. act like they act. Let, okay, let's just move on to Flurious and then we'll talk about them as a pair. Yeah, Freezer All Romero. Right. Yeah, Freezer Romero. Oh, we were we were so proud of that. We memed it early. <laughs> uh, voiced and played played and voiced by Gerard Urquart. Urquart. I hope we said that right. My apologies if we didn't get it right, Mister Gerald Urquart. Yeah. Okay, so he's our. What was the opposite? We had heat miser. Who was the other one? Was it like frost miser, ice miser? I've, I haven't seen that it's, particular Rankin Bass Christmas special in it's forever. Heat miser and snow. What, snow it, miser? They call me snow miser. Yeah, it's snow miser. I had to sing snow the song. Miser. He is not from the Sentai. He kind of has a Sentai counterpart, but he's really different. It's very, it's not even a snow theme in the No, uh, which is weird. He's earth themed and his henchmen are earth themed, but they make everything ice themed here. So, so almost, as you were pointing out in the Sentai, it's literally earth, wind and fire. Yes. <laughs> but here we just get the tried and true ice and fire. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. Like in the Sentai and, and I'm thinking about this now, it almost like in the, the, the his Sentai counterpart it kind of reminds me of the orgs from Wild Force from uh, yeah. Ranger. Yeah, yeah, and I, they probably redid it because that villain you could see his face. Yes, yeah. Which I'm like, but you just dubbed over Witch Bandora to make Rita. Why don't you? Do I that but for him? but here's the thing. I like Flurius's. I like Flurius's design. I it's do. very again. So we have Moltor who you know has a mouth appendage that kind of moves he looks very wild he's got like a chest that looks like a mouthful of teeth he looks very sentai and then we get flurious that looks much more like an american design yeah so there's a lot of ice motif he looks like he has kind of like an ice hair crown thing he's got ice bits all over him he actually has it's act you can actually see the actor's face and he can emote very well because he's wearing prosthetic makeup it's a very, a very stark fancy contrast. Moustache. He has a very fancy mustache as well. A mustache, which is another reason why he's Freezer Romero. <laughs> Caesar Romero is known for his mustache. Uh, and once again, he's he's just another kind of run-of-the-mill Power Ranger villain. Not a whole lot to say. He complains about the incompetence of his henchmen. But then doesn't always threatens to do something about it, but then never does anything about it. But yeah. other, but so other than that, he's pretty run of the mill. But he he's, and we were, we were talking about this last night. Moltor is, and this is due to the fact they had a lot of Sentai footage. But um, Moltor is the most proactive of our mm -hmm. villains, whereas Florius, you don't see him leave his lair a whole lot. It feels as though, because the, the whole plot, the whole plot for Flurry uh, between these brothers centers around Flurious and the brothers and Camdor and Miratrex and the Fear Cats, all wanting the Corona Aurora. 
which on and paper sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a really great idea. Competing factions. Flurious seems to be the most motivated by the Corona Aurora. Especially since he ends up being the final boss. Right. He's he's the most motivated by it, whereas Moltor is still motivated by he's still motivated by the Corona Aurora. But Moltor's motivation seems to just be bent on one upping his brother. All right. They're brothers. There were brothers who tried to get the Corona Aurora and were basically cursed for trying to get it. Right. Banished and imprisoned on different planets, and that's what changed them to look like these monstrous forms. Right. And good grief. I was, especially early on, I was like, I am so sick of seeing you two interact because you act like children. Well, that's the point though. That's, that's kind of the point. They're, 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 they're meant to, they're meant to be, they're meant to act like uh petty children because they are, they are so petty. Yeah. They're, they're meant to be that way. Like that's and you want to know why Flurious hates his brother so much? I, I can't, I can't fault the, sh- I cannot fault the show for making them petty because that's what they're meant to be. There are better ways to do this than making them act like eight-year-olds. Anyway, tell the tell our listeners with attitude why they hate each other so much. One word, Rosebud. So, spoiler for a 70-year-old movie that is hailed as the greatest movie ever made, Citizen Kane, Rosebud is the name of his sled. Yes. Flurious hates Moltor because Moltor broke his sled when they were children. Ugh. Yep. That's right up there with Broly from Dragon Ball Z hating Goku because they were born in, on the same day in the same hospital and Goku cried so much it drove him crazy. Yes. That's literally his motivation. Yes. Crazy, powerful supervillain who just hated hearing Goku cry. Yes. I want to pretend that there's more to it than that. That's just the example they like bringing up the most. Yeah, that's just, I'm sure there's more. Well, I'm sure there's meant to be more to it than that. There's probably the the audience is probably the, uh, the, 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 the motivation is placed upon the audience to kind of read a little bit more into it, but we can only talk about what we are given and we are given. And the reason we are given that they hate each other is because of a sled, a broken toy. Yep. Which just makes them seem even more petty. You broke my toy. I hate you. Yes. <laughs> you broke my lightning collection figure. I hate you now. Yes, quite. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to add to that. It's just like, it's, it's, it's so silly. It's so silly. And we're meant to take these villains kind of seriously. We are. Which is funny because their Sentai counterparts are not for one thing, they're not brothers. Two, they're not like this at all. Moltor, I think it's Ryuwan? King yes. Ryuwan or something like that? Yes. He's actually a lot scarier. Just in the two episodes I watched, he's a heck of a lot scarier yeah, than the, Moltor. The, th- the, threat level, the, the threat level for Ryuwan is much higher. And the, the guy who's almost completely different, who's basically... Flores's counterpart. He's a scary dude. <laughs> yeah, and and we get the we get the obligatory invasion of the quote command center. 
Uh-huh. By Flurious, because Flurious is the last villain standing. Basically, basically, uh, they just walk through the front door, pretty much. Yeah, like which it, is like, why didn't you do this like, sooner? Like literally, <laughs> like literally and figuratively. And I'm just and I'm sitting here wondering, all this technology that's in this house, apparently, why didn't you guys see that coming? Like, why do they just waltz in? I mean, in theory, you could well, you could say do that they waltz in or ninja rumba. They <laughs> anyway, let's 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 move on. We'll talk more about I'm sure we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about Flurious specifically in thematics, but let's move on to Camdor and no, Mirror. we got to talk about everyone under Flurious. Oh, yeah, literally yeah. and figuratively because they're under his name in the notes. Yes. We need to talk about your favorite character. <laughs> Hi, I, Michael. I love you. I am your I, favorite character. <laughs> I love Norg. I love Norg. Ironically I or genuinely? No, I genuinely love Norg. I, I want to be fri- <laughs> I want to be friends with Norg. Norg's not getting a lightning collection figure. I'm sorry. He's not getting a lightning collection collection figure. He looks like a squatty Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. He's a yeeti. He's a yeeti. And but um, thank God he's wearing completely unnecessary overalls that hide his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> that is the real travesty of Operation Overdrive. <laughs> The lack of Yeti nipples. If you're not familiar with that joke, go listen to Kaiju Weekly or go listen to the Monster Island Film Vault. Monster Island Film Vault. Uh, I don't remember the episode number of hand, but it, it was from December. So it's just go back to December. Look for Yeti giant of the 20th century. It's all a blur, sir. It yeah, is all so blur. for you, because that was your drunk episode. Yes, uh, I I can safely, I can, I can with confidence now admit I was a wee bit inebriated uh, during that episode. Yep. Yep. Two words, method acting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Painful yeah. So Nord, played by Kelson Henderson. And if that sounds familiar, it's because I didn't quite put two and two together until I looked this up. This guy has played a bunch of different roles in Power Rangers. Most notably, for those who have been following along with us, he was Boom and Phineas. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Yes. That same actor? Holy crap. And then like his voice acting is really good. Yeah. And then later on, he's going to be Mick in Ninja Steel. Yes. And I can see, I can tell that that's him when he's Mick. I, I have to give him credit. Phineas is so drastically different from Boom that I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah. Phineas, Phineas, is, Phineas fooled me. Yeah, Phineas is yeah. Phineas it's is the, the makeup. Having... He just disappears under the makeup and uses a complete. So I have to say, the guy is a talented voice actor. He can do he's a bunch of different talented. voices. Like he's very. I know. Like even in Ranger fandom, in Ranger fandom, uh, Kilson Henderson is very is a very popular person that people really like. Yeah. Uh, for his, and I'm assuming for his care for his just likable personality and his ability to be. So like polar opposite, no pun intended characters. Yeah. Norg, unfortunately. <laughs> well, when we, first, he's okay. a Bruce, he's very much a Bruce Callish sort of character because right, Bruce Callish wanted comical characters. I just hate to tell you this, Mr. Callish, you did better in other seasons. He did. But when we, when we are first introduced to Norg is when Flurious 
uh, it invades his yet his iceberg home. His his fortress of solitude. His fortress of solitude. <laughs> And he comes in, he's, oh, look here, I have some new friends. I have some new friends that I'm going to be able to play with. And um, Carl, if you're listening, Michael needs to play Norg. I don't care what you need to do, but you need to get Norg on the audio drama. And this man needs to voice him. <laughs> uh, man, it's, I can't tell if it's, if, if it's, if I'm really doing Norg or if I'm doing like a really drunk Bernie Sanders. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, he sounds a little bit like I can't remember which character it was, but the the Looney Tunes character. I think he was only in one or two shorts where he was famous for saying, "I'm going to hug him and kiss him and call him George." Are we talking hug about hug him and squeeze him and call him George? Are we talking about the buzzard? Like no, uh, no, 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 no. It was actually a big. I think it might have. It was a big gorilla looking character, and he had Bugs Bunny, and he was like, "I'm going to hug him and squeeze him and call him George." You're talking, I, I feel like you're talking about Billy Buzzard or Bobby Buzzard. What the hell is that thing? Danny Beaky was, Buzzard. Huh? Beaky Buzzard. Beaky Buzzard. I'm sorry, Danny. I, I disappointed you in that moment. I know. You're I listening. already disappointed him. I know you're listening. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but Norg. Norg is likable. I admit Norg He's is likable. Useless. He's I am useless. with Glorious. He's, he's useless. I useless. don't know why he keeps him around. He's not useless. He's not useless because he was able to find the blue sapphire. He stumbled by, into albeit that. Albeit by accident. Albeit by accident. That's the joke. He accident. He's he accidentally does useful things. He exists he, only to be comic relief. He saves. He he saves uh, Vela. Yeah, because he has a face turn later. He saves Vela after, which pays off something we saw early on in the season. Like they do the, they do the lion and the mouse trope with the thorn. Or they pull out the comically long thorn out of his paw, which maybe, maybe they didn't actually effectively utilize later on in the episode. Cause he doesn't save anybody at the end of the episode. They don't even use it as a way. Cause there's a scene literally because the Sentinel Knight turns into a sword too, where, Mac holds up the sword when the monster of the week is trying to step on him and then it hits the, it stabs the sword into its foot and it, and it moves away. And I'm like, you know what? Why wasn't that will? Cause he's the one who pulled the thorn out. Right. You could have paid that up, but nope. We, this is operation overdrive. We, we don't do things like that makes sense. So yeah. And then I was t- talking with you and I'm like, you know what would have actually made this interesting if it turned out that Norg was only pretending to be it's, you know, it's the, <laughs> it's the Darth Jar Jar thing. <laughs> he was just pretending to be an incompetent idiot. He was been the mastermind all along. <laughs> that would have been so much better if like the whole, if, okay. So if, so in that, in that scene where, uh, Florius finally gets his hands on the Corona Aurora, Norg sweep Norg just shows up and says, Nope, that belongs to me. And uh, <laughs> guess what? I've not actually not an idiot. I have been pretending this whole time to so that you would get the crowd for me. <laughs> and he and he and he goes from talking like this to a very slow voice. <laughs> Give me the corona so I can turn it into Give me the corona aurora. 
Give me the uh, Corona Aurora, see, which will give already, me the ability to shoot lasers from my nipples. Already, we're already <laughs> making this season better. We're already making this season better. Because that would have been so great. It would. So, like he was only pretending to be a clown. Right. So, so, so Norg does have his come to Jesus moment. He does have his, uh, he does. Yeti Christ. He, he does. He does get his, he does get his chance to, to really, um, show that he, he, he's, I don't think, I don't think Norg was a bad guy all along. He just wanted a friend. Damn it. That's all he wanted. <laughs> Power of freaking friendship. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he picked a very bad friend. He does have his come to Jesus moment when he saves Vela from the chillers. Yes, the chillers. Florius is henchmen who are rock themed in Bokenger. But they're white, so you could reasonably say they're ice themed. Sure. They're tougher in the Sentai. That, yeah, they are. They actually explode in the Sentai, which is fun. Yeah. I'm wondering if the Chillers are an homage to the putties, the golems. From you know, Super in my notes, when I first saw them, I wrote them. I, I wrote it down. as like armored putties. <laughs> I'm wondering. Yeah, but I'm wondering if they're like homages to, to those putties. Because that's think, what they kind of look like. I think that's possible. Yeah. So I think it's possible. So, so can they're fine. So Camdor. They're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. Camdor. They're fine. I like the lava lizards more. The yeah, lava I do are, too. The so lava let's lizards. move on to our third faction, Camdor, or as I like to call him, Birdie Fett. B- Birdie Fett? I think you can do better, Marchand. What you got? Blue Boba Fett. Birdie Fett is funnier. <sighs> no, it's cheesier. Anyway. All maybe- right, listeners, tell us what's funnier. Blue Boba Fett, which is just Django Fett. Or birdie fat because he's bird themed or he's supposed to be bird themed. He's bird themed in the Sentai. Yes. Well, they're wind themed. It, they're wind themed, but he's supposed to be a bird. A, he they, look, all, he, they all he, live in a dojo. Yeah. But he, when I say he looks like Boba Fett, I really mean it. He's got a helmet. that looks like Boba Fett. And he's got this big furry collar, right? <laughs> he's probably the most fashionable <laughs> of the villains. <laughs> and he talks like this. And it, the voice doesn't match the suit. Yeah. Adam Gardner is the yeah. voice. Yeah. I don't like the voice for Camdor. Um, it's a I little really, generic, but it is. It's very generic. It's generic. But he's villain. the best looking villain. Arguably. He is. He is also very Sentai. Very, very Sentai. Yes, quite. Um, but I like Camdor and I like and you can't really talk about Camdor without talking about Miratrix in tandem either. Mm-hmm. Play by Rhea Vandervis. And so who, the who just looks a little bit weird because she's a white woman dressing like a Chinese person. Yeah, I mean. It's odd. It's odd, but it's, I thought it's, they did it to match the Sentai footage, but her Sentai counterpart doesn't dress like that. Yeah, her her Sentai her Sentai counterpart is is much different than that. Um, but the whole sh- the the shtick was Miratrix had a crystal and Camdor was and trapped, a necklace and on a on a necklace and Camdor was trapped in the crystal on the necklace. That's a great dynamic. I it like is a that great dynamic. dynamic. And they drop it after a couple of episodes. They do. They drop it. But it is a it is a wonderful dynamic because it's supposed to be this. It's supposed to be a student teacher relationship. Again, it doesn't really get fleshed out. But when we're introduced to Miratrix, 
she is a love interest for Dax, and it turns out she is evil. And Miratrix has some nice lines here and there. She had the potential to be more interesting, but and it continues and it <sighs> continues a trend, especially in the Disney era, um, of having face act of having villains with their face actor showing. Yeah, and she gets to turn into a monster for one episode. Yeah, she gets to turn into a giant owl, which I texted you when I saw that. I said, I bet this is meant to be at least this particular faction or this particular uh, boss's finale. Oh, yeah, for Bokenger. Wouldn't Bo- surprise me. Yeah. Although, we also had... We had a couple of other points where, like, I bet that might have been the finale for Bokenger, but, yeah, we had a couple of options. But honestly, other than the fact that she was a love interest for a while and then broke Dax's little heart, mm-hmm. and you know, and has a couple of good one-liners here and there. I think I liked one where she said, "You know, that's the problem with the human heart controls everything, and I control yours, and things like that." Which mm-hmm. is a good line, but at the same time, I'm like, "You're not mind controlling him or anything." Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I'm a bit disappointed with the lack of with the lack of amount of time we spent with Camdor and Miratrix. I feel like we did. Oh, okay. Here it is. It's Will and her, and Will says, "I've been looking for you," and she says, "Well, bad news, you found me." Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just really disappointed with the amount of time we got to spend with Miratrix and Camdor. I feel like we focused a lot on Moltor. We focused. Well, we focused more on Moltor than we did Flurius because Flurius, again, is not very proactive. I would say that we, but we probably got more Cam. Would you say that we, did we get more Cam? Did it feel like we were getting more Camdor and Miratrix than we were even Flurius? I don't know. I'd have to look at the Ranger wiki profiles to see how many episodes just, each of them appeared in. It just was really, really, I don't know. It just felt really confusing. And unbalanced. Yeah, it did. But what's interesting, and they kind of lead into this, is that Voltor and Flurius are, have more the typical Ranger setup, you know, boss, henchman, maybe, a you know, some, ex, you know, some extra characters like Norg for Flurius and things like that. These two, and they even call it out. I was like, we don't have an army. We just make random monsters. Yeah. We have the two of us and we make random monsters. So their position, their resources are different. And the fear cats have a, also have a very different approach, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. They're very technology based. They're technology based. They try their tactics are based more on guile because they're trying to manipulate some things. And then they just make giant robots and, try to wreak havoc, which that shtick gets a little old after a while. Like the, the Miratrix and Camdor, although in, although an interesting dynamic and I love, and I actually like Camdor outside of the generic voice acting. Yeah. They're What's pr- a little weird is they both technically die, but Miratrix is handled kind of unceremoniously. Basically Camdor just says, I'm tired of your failure. And then puts her in the jewel, puts it around his neck. And then, Will just kills Camdor. He falls down and explodes. And the implication is just that the necklace with Meritrix blew up too, which is kind of horrifying. So that was, so that was, yeah. that was Camdor and Miralax. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> ah, Thundercats. 
Thundercats. Ho! Yeah, or the Fear Cats. The Fear, the fear cats. cats are a little bit weird because we technically had about four of them show up, but two uh-huh. of them only show up for one or two episodes. The first one we get introduced to is Mig, voiced by Kelson Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. So a lot of people are pulling double or even triple duty. Well, budget cuts. Yeah. And then we have Banglo. Noticing a pattern here, people. These are very Thundercat sounding names. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> Played by David Weatherly. Oh. Oh. Another name that yeah. sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two that we see primarily. They look like humanoid cat people and from a planet that is very imperial and they just want to take over the world. Of course. They're from Wakanda. That seems a little mean toward Wakanda, but they do look very Black Panther-ish. They very really much. do. Even Well, especially their uh, tech suits. Yeah, their cyborg forms. Yeah. Which they're given by Flurious, and they pretend, because Flurious brings them back to life with his gears, gyros. Okay. And they're like, let's just play along. Well, that didn't really last all that long. No. But their thing is they make giant robots to try to cause trouble yeah and collect things yeah they're kind of one note villains they're just typical power ranger villains Mm. other than that but a couple other of their kind do show up we have cheetar not cheetara not cheetor cheetar cheetar yeah played a voiced by james galen i include him here with an asterisk because he's more a monster Monster of the the week Yeah. than an actual villain. Yeah. He's treated like a monster of the week, but because initially the fear cats are trying to open a portal to their planet to bring more of their kind through so they can invade and that gets foiled. But Cheetar comes through. Yes. And Cheetar has a very, Cheetar has a really interesting design. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very like you would, have, it's very like embellished. He's got like an embellished crown and, mm-hmm. Because uh, I think he's, is he supposed to be the leader or something? I think so. Keep talking. I gotta, I'm going to look this up. Well, I don't think he's listed as that. I think Mig is listed as the actual leader, but probably only because he's more prominent. So I really don't know. But yeah, he's really just a monster of the week. Yeah. So do we want to move on to Krazar, who's also more of a monster of the week, but she's in two episodes inexplicably mm. voiced by Lori Dungy. I hope I said that right. And something that I confirmed on the Ranger wiki that I kind of picked up on pretty fast is that Krazar's Sentai counterpart is actually male. I'm like, yeah, I kind of saw that because Krazar, Krazar's design does not look that feminine. No, not at all. So they kind of cheated there a little bit, but I think but, it was... Be- but to help move the plot along, it makes more sense. It does, me. because Krazar in her second episode is pretending to be Vela. Yes. I mean, she's fine. She has a pole blade and beats people up with a pole blade. The Fear Cats are fun. They're they're a lot more nihil. I feel like they're a lot more nihilistic than the rest of our villains. They're more Imperial as well. Yeah, but they're probably the least interesting group. They are. We've talked about these villains from Operation Overdrive, and 
you know, in comparison to what we've seen before the villains in operation in other seasons, I think that I'm, I'm not opposed to shows and seasons taking some risks with their villains. Like I thought that Flurious was interesting. Uh, I like the makeup and, and the whole like characterization. Moltor was fun. He was very Sentai, but at least he was fun. Uh, Camdor, you know, Camdor and Miratrix, eh, you know, take them or leave them, but they, they help move the story along. And it's a really interesting, you know, uh, uh, teacher student type dynamic. The fear cats are just crazy. And, you know, Operation Overdrive did take some risks with its villains. But there's one risk. There's one risk that I wish they did not take. So I'm going to say, Nathan, hit the damn button. Rentmaster activated. On paper, on paper, this <laughs> villain should have been epic. The son of two of the most epic, destructive villains, most the most iconic villains for this franchise, Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed. On paper, that should have been like a moment that all Ranger fans could have rallied around. Instead, you get this inbred abomination called Thrax. Play, uh, voiced by Glenn Levy. Just get that out of the way. Right. So again, like I said, on, on paper, this should be like, should not, should not this be the, like an epic moment for the franchise, the son of Rita Repulsa, like even, like even his debut, I am Thrax, the son of Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed. And I'm going to help you get the Corona Aurora, you know, whatever, like, okay, fine. Like voice acting aside. (laughs) Oh, dragon flute. And, and, and. and design aside Ooh, what the blue bloody hell were they thinking <laughs> I don't it's just this was what finally broke it for you look you it, it, were because we want we watched this two-parter together i said we're watching this two-parter together i even made you wait because i had to catch up because i was at g-fest right so i caught up and then we watched it and that's when you, you you're like all my all the goodwill I wanted to give the show gone. <laughs> Evaporated. But okay, so so th- like I said, Thrax on paper should be an epic thing. Should it not? Like should it not oh, be it an epic thing? It should have been. This should have been a big deal. And you and I were coming again, we were coming up right before recording. We we're coming up with a better story for this guy than what they gave us. This guy just shows up he's, and he's the son of Rita and Zed. But he hates his parents and thinks they're weak. And so he wants to basically one-up them in evilness. And so he's, that's all he is. That's all he is. He's just a one-no-typical Power Ranger, a bad one-no-typical Power Ranger villain. I'm like, why don't you make him, you know, like, like his whole motivation is that he has to kill every Power Ranger he meets because the Power Rangers beat his parents. Turned his parents good. So he's like, I must murder every Power Ranger I find. (laughs) And apparently his backstory, he was sealed away by the... By the Sentinel Knight? By the Sentinel Knight. A character we've never seen before who was suddenly given elevated importance 
we don't even I don't even understand how Thrax, Thrax exists. His like, timeline makes no sense. No, his timeline doesn't make sense at all. It's a because he's if we take it literally, he's at best ten years old. But he's I mean, a grown adult. That is one ugly ass kid. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, that is true. Because he looks like this. He looks like a weird amalgamation of Rita's costume and the Zed suit. Well, we did find out that it is an amalgamate. It is a combination of Rita. Yeah. It, it is a combination of um, past, some past monsters. Like, for instance, um, you know that is that is Zed's torso. That is a Zed torso with. Uh, Rito's jawline. <laughs> he stole my dentures. <laughs> he stole your dentures. <laughs> I'm my nephew. Let me tell you, I hate I my nephew. Know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the. What the Uncle Rito. <laughs> I don't know what the chest plate is supposed to be or who it's supposed to be, but it looks stupid. Um, and oh god. I hate everything about this. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate now it. here's I hate something. It. I can't take credit for this, but the Disney brain in one of his videos on Operation Overdrive came up with a way to make this character and this whole season better. Sure. Go ahead. You want to, this is what he said you do. You have Thrax basically appear in the, in the premiere in some mm -hmm. form. Right. And that's what motivates the Sentinel Knight to show up and say, hey, I need Rangers. I need to put a team of Rangers together to find this thing before Thrax does. But then you don't have Thrax th show up until the end. Like, once a Ranger is the finale, you build toward Thrax as the big final boss. Yeah, because everything just feels... Like after once a ranger, everything just feels flat and lifeless. Yeah. So you build toward that. And you know what he also said you do? If this is an anniversary season, lean into that. And he said, do something that Power Rangers has never screwed up. Space. You have the Sentinel Knight not put all of the gems on Earth. You have him scatter it across the universe so that our rangers have to do a little bit of space travel and you have them go to different planets of tremendous importance in ranger lore instead of Atlantis they go to Aquatar maybe they even meet Billy uh or they go to Ednoy or they go they go to, to Ednoy you could go to KO35 and meet Andros there was, but that requires budget. Yeah. And then you build toward them going like the last place they have to go is the, what is it, like M78 or whatever it is. That's Ultraman. I'm sorry. But it's the unit. It's the galaxy that was ruled by Master Vile. Oh, the, that's, M the M51 galaxy. M51. Because that is where Thrax is. So then the show ends with them having to complete this quest by going to the M51 galaxy and that is where Thrax is. And he has been yeah, waiting this entire time. And now the Rangers are like, we can't do this alone. We need the Nostalgia Rangers. And the Sentinel Knight finds them and they come in. And then they have to fight Thrax as the big final boss. Come on. <laughs> like even for a, even for like potentially what would have still been a crappy character, at least that would have given it some weight and grab undeserved weight and gravitas, but it still would have given it weight and gravitas. Yeah. Lean into it. It's the anniversary season. Like, for this to be a for this to be an anniversary season, this does not feel like an anniversary season. Yeah, that uh, 
I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. It, it's like you wait all this time for some, like say a big wedding anniversary and you're being promised that you're going to get this, the most amazing gift you've ever seen. I, I don't know. Uh, diamond ring and what you get is the ugliest cubic zirconium ring you've ever seen yeah yeah it's just that's what this is thrax is a cube is the ugliest cubic zirconium ring you've ever seen i hate this character and why couldn't he have been sealed away by one of the other rangers like that was another thing we were brainstorming about it. I was like why not have it be that instead of the sentinel knight it was adam who sealed him away or yeah, maybe yeah maybe it's like obviously a pat maybe like you you maybe not have adam in civilian form but have the black mighty morphin ranger in uniform or heck <laughs> heck you don't even have to have him on just have someone dressed up like tommy in ranger form seal him away yeah. or something they had access to the suits. Why not use them for an anniversary yeah. season? It's just like, that's what happened. Yeah. Just a ranger, a ranger. A we ranger. care about seal him away. Not the Sentinel Knight who just came out of nowhere. Right. It's just like the, the, the only thing, the only bright spot really for this whole two parter where Thrax is involved is the fact that our operation overdrive Rangers are getting their asses handed to them. <laughs> the first on episode one, like Thrax breaks their spirit so much that they don't even want to be Rangers anymore. I don't They're even think like, he had to work that hard to do it either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Cause this show hates its power Rangers. Um, <laughs> you could tell that they're like, we love all the, we love everything that came before this. Apparently, it hates its power. We'll Rangers. talk about that. We'll it, talk it, about that a little bit more its, later. It's hate. It hates its power Rangers. Apparently it hates its fans too, for giving us Thrax. <laughs> I would like to think that there were good motivations with this. There were, I'm sure I'm, I'm being very high. I'm being very hyperbolic right now because I care. So because I care, I, I care a lot about the lore and I care a lot about these past characters, these past villains that, that have really had weight and have, have, you know, served the franchise as formidable foes. And then you give us Thrax and you just, and you just shoehorn a, you just shoehorn the idea that oh, I'm the son of Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed. Okay, fine. I'm willing to go with it, but don't be a shitty character. <laughs> oh, dragon flute <laughs> on paper. This is great. The whole thing. Thrax shows up. He's the son of Rita and Zed. He kicks the Rangers asses and he kicks the, he kicks their asses so much that they, chicken out and they want to be ring. They don't, they want to be, they don't want to be Rangers anymore. So they have to call in the nostalgia Rangers to defeat them, which makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Considering Adam, the black Ranger has defeated Rita and Lord Zed before. So that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. This show hates, this show hates its Rangers and it hates me and it hates me as a fan. <laughs> and I take personal issue with it. Uh... You have offended me. Show. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've been looking forward to hearing the Thrax rant all week. So we have the Drive Max Ultrazord. Well, Max that's the final form. It's the Drive Max Megazord. The Drive Max, yeah. So we have the Drive Max Megazord. 
made up of the dumb. God. <laughs> 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 the, the dump uh, driver the dumpster fur dumpster fur dumpster driver oh god have mercy this is probably this is this is an un, this is an unknowing summation of this season dumpster driver the dump we have the dumpster driver the speed driver which, which sounds like a golf club. Which I I don't know why they wouldn't call it just Go Speed Driver! Go Speed Driver! Go yeah. Speed Driver! Go! Speed Driver, Gyro Driver, Dozer Driver, <laughs> and Sub Driver, because we have to have driver in these names. Are these all wrestling moves? <laughs> Dozer driver! <laughs> Out right. of nowhere! Out of nowhere! And his name is John Cena! Okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. I used to have that on the soundboard. I should have kept it on. The Drive the drive Max Megazord, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. It follows... It, fo- it, it continues the trend of very modular Zords. Um... It's car, it's vehicle themed, but in but in this case, it's real. What's really interesting about it is it's all like excavation type vehicles, <laughs> which actually leads to one of the funniest things. We need to talk about this. Right. Ronnie's weapon is bulldozer shovels on her hands. Oh, God. It looks so funny. That is from the Sentai. If I didn't know. <laughs> If I didn't know that this was not, if I did not know that this was not supposed to be a parody season, I would kind of assume it was. Yeah. So the the Drive Max Megazord is it's interesting. It's it fits with the motif. Its two primary weapons are a pickaxe and a shovel that can become a sword. Because so why cool. not? So why not? That's that's okay. It fits. It works. Um, out of Zor- out of Zord, out of out of Megazords that we've seen so far, you know, I kind of like this more than the Mystic Force Megazord or the Titan Megazord, whatever it's called. Yeah, the Titan Megazord. I I kind of like it more than the Titan Megazord. But mm-hmm. I do have I do have an appreciation for um, vehicle themed Megazords. Yeah, I was trying to see if this was made as an homage to something, and I don't see anything in here. Yeah, I don't don't think so. Yeah, I'm trying to check, because a lot of the Zords and the monsters are meant to be homages. And then it has the Drive Max Ultra Zord, which it's just, yeah, a couple more components get thrown on it. And next, and next, we have the dual drive Megazord, which makes up all of our components that we can interchange with the with the Drive Max Megazord. Made yep, the- with the drill driver, the shovel driver, the cement driver, the crane driver, and we're talking crane as in the construction equipment, not the bird, and the sonic streaker. Oh, we actually broke away from. The- oh, we okay. Yeah, uh, because that's Tizon's Zord. Yes. Quite. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I feel I have a feeling that we're gonna have. I, I feel I have a feeling that the the common thread for this episode is gonna be, it's okay, it's fine. 
until we get to the last one. It's nothing, nothing, nothing spectacular, you know. Um, so then we have the Flashpoint Megazord, which Flashpoint's a fire truck. It's made up of the fire trucks, the fire truck Zord. How original! The uh, Rescue Runner One and Rescue Runner Two. Uh, admittedly, the Flashpoint Megazord does have a cool name. It is a cool sounding yeah. name. It is. It is, and it's and, and it's in re- and it's in reference to, and it's in reference to when when fires get so hot they call it when mm-hmm. when they get so hot they become uncontrollable, mm-hmm. they and they call that the flashpoint. So mm-hmm. there you go. So yeah, there you go, and it's got some fire truck. Th- this is a very vehicle themed, very Sentai vehicle themed and yeah. season, which is why there's the joke that. Other than RPM, anytime Power Rangers does a car theme, it doesn't come out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then finally, we have the Battle Fleet Megazord and the Battle Fleet Battleship for Battleship Formation. <laughs> so many, so many battleships. <laughs> and then we, and oh if you're listening to the phone vault, you understand. <laughs> All right, let's just get this over with. Battlefleet Zord 14, which whatever happened to Battlefleet Zords I, 1 through 13? I think it's the, maybe they're numbering it compared to the other individual Zords. Actually, let's find that out. Hang on. I will tell you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Okay, so you're right. It is, it is, it is named. Okay, so it starts off where, it starts where the other Zords leave off. Okay, so we have Battlefleet Zord 14, Battlefleet Zord 15, Battlefleet Zord 16, Battlefleet Zord 17, and Battlefleet Zord 18. How original are these names? These names are fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Still so, not as many as Wild Force. Still not as many as Wild Force. But what what's really epic about this is it's literally a rolling battleship <laughs> that the other zords can ride atop the battleship yep. the scaling what's that because when it turn much like the the spd hq in spd it does turn into a giant robot but it's no bigger than the other zords or monsters well, so, so maybe that maybe maybe those monsters maybe those monsters are just scaled up I don't know about that. I think we've I'm, got some ch- Transformers G1 mass shifting going on. Here. I'm just trying to salvage what we have, Nathan. I understand. This is the best Zord in the season. It is the best Zord in the season, only because it's so absurd. But it's, it's. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's a battleship on wheels. Steamroller wheels, even. Yeah, steamroller wheels, and and when it forms into its robot mode, it is pretty epic because it has like the it has its roller its rollers turn into fists, and it can yep. it roller fists its enemies. <laughs> I'm just I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best with this one. Like there's like Operation Overdrive didn't give us a whole lot, so I'm just I, I'm working with what I have. I I'm understand. Sorry. I understand. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am ashamed. Shame, shame. So, 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 can we talk about the monsters of the week so we can get to thematics? <laughs> Your favorite theme. Anyway, uh, the, there's not a lot to pick from. 
the the monsters of the week are kind of sparse. A, l- a lot of them don't get time to shine, or they're yeah. just kind of weird. We kind of talked about how you know a few of the quote unquote villains are kind of monsters of the week. Thrax is basically treated like a monster of the week. Unfortunately, yeah, and we have one of the we have one of the fear cats. It's it's treated couple of them as one of the monsters of the week. It, yeah, it's. It, it, you could you could reasonably say that that a lot of these because a lot a lot of these like villains quote unquote are probably monsters of the week in the Sentai or or they're treat I don't know they're treated as I'm getting I'm getting my words like everything is just starting to run together at this point I don't know <laughs> uh, at, Operation Overdrive broken people <laughs> I'm I'm glitching I'm glitching better than Mac um, Are you a robot <gasps> No. Oh, um, oh, I wish okay. I wish that would, I was that, would, that would have been a worse plot twist than Max. So, so, so I'm going to start off with, cause we're going to have, cause you and I are going to share a couple, but I'm going to start off with one we don't have on the, we don't have on our list together. And that's Blothgar. And the only reason I picked it is because it's, it's a Chinese dragon and I think it looks cool. Oh yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's inspiration. Uh, it's inspiration. Was that? Uh, that one was Moltor's Zord okay. and, and I have to, and I have to, uh, I have to shout out, um, I have to shout out the, uh, the, I know you use the Ranger wiki, but we also use a, a site called morphinlegacy.com. They actually went the extra mile and told us what the inspiration for each of these monsters was supposed to be. Ah. So I was wrong. I thought that. I thought that Blothgar was supposed to be inspired by um, uh, the the red dragon Zord from uh, from season two. I was close, and I'm really ashamed that I didn't pick up on this. Now that I'm looking at this, at this design, but it was inspired by Serpentera. Oh, it was inspired by Serpentera, and like you can tell now because it has the shoulder, it has like the mm-hmm. shoulder pads and the crown, and it's a dragon. I, I, I get it. It's 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 fun. It's fun. Hmm. Yeah, I see that now. I'm looking at her. Yeah, and yep. Uh, the Ranger Wiki has that too. Inspired by Serpentera. Well, there you go. He's still better than Serpentera Mark II. This is true. Yes. Yes. I quite. agree. Yes, quite. Yes, quite. Now, my first one has an asterisk because we've already talked about him, mm-hmm. but it's Tizon the MOTW. Mm, okay, gotcha. Because that was one of the first monsters that I remember looking at, but like, that looks really dang cool. It does look really cool. <laughs> like, it, it's it, very, it looks it, like a predator. It's very, yeah, it's <laughs> very predator-ish. <laughs> Especially with the head design. It, it looks like a predator helmet. Yeah. Yeah. A strong silhouette. It's got some dreads to it as well. I'm trying to see if that particular, you know, if that particular monster of the week was inspired by something. Oh, let me look it up here. Yeah. He was inspired by the time force Megazord mode red. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I see it, but it's interesting. Hmm. All right. But like I said, he looks like a predator. It made me happy. Okay, so my next monster of the week is the cybernetic Rex. I had that as well. 
because it's just a, it looks absurd. And the design for this one it was inspired by the Q-Rex from Time Force. Yep, and it's the, a the it's a Moltor Zord. Yes, but yeah, it looks like a big red T-Rex with a with cyber cannons on its back. Yes, I kind of I kind of dig it. I kind of yeah. dig it. What's your I next do- one? Uh, my next one. Also, is... I had the cyber cybernetic Rex because good Lord, it trashed our Rangers. It trashed them hard. Oh, it, it did. Um, I picked this one and it's kind of a cheat. Um, because I don't know if it's technically a monster of the week. Well, it kind of is. It kind of is. It's, it's kind of a monster of the week. It, it is a monster of the week. Never mind. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the Atlantis well, at least you admit it. The Atlantis Temple. I had that as well. That was our first monster of the week. Yeah. Both here and in Bokenger. It says it was inspired by Veribloon. I that name is not standing out to me. Veribloon. Oh, it was the little um It was the little airplane from Gal Ranger. Oh. Okay. No, wait, hang on. Him, him is to him. Oh, 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 no, 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 not, not Gal Ranger, not Gal Ranger. It's from, uh, him is to Sentai Goal Ranger. Oh, so it goes all the way back to the OG. It goes all the way back. Yeah. It goes all the way black, all the way, all the way back to, um, to the, to, uh, to, to go Ranger. Oh, yeah. Vera Bloon. Yeah. Their airship. Yeah. 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 Their yeah. ship. Oh, I read the comic. I should have known this. You should have. And I can kind of see it cause it's got propellers on its shoulder. Pads, yeah. But... Okay. I see it now. And that's a reference that would have gotten lost on the American audience because oh, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't get Go Ranger unless you lived in the right areas of California and had access to the right you uh, the right UHF channel that would play Japanese stuff with no subtitles like our friend Damon did, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like I, there's a there's a few of the there's a few monsters of the week that the na- that the inspiration came from things that I don't recognize. Um, and I have to re- and I have to remember that um, like there th- these monsters of the week are are celebrating 30 years of super of thir- of Super Sentai. It's not just 15 years of Power Rangers um, like the um, like the one for the one, for instance, I'm looking at here is Jetbot. Its inspiration came from Dino Robo. Mm. And, and I think Dino Robo. Is that Dynaman? Dino, yeah, it has to be Dynaman. That was an 80s Sentai. Yeah, it's Dynaman. It's from the mm-hmm. 1980s. Yeah, I'm look. I looked it up here. It's 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 uh, it came from it, the inspiration came from Dynaman, which is interesting because they have a dinosaur robot in that one as well. Okay, that's cool. Um so who who went in Africa like I for admittedly listeners of I'm attitude next. if we sound if we sound a little bit frazzled it's because apparently Zencaster hates Operation Overdrive also. Um, or we broke it. Just like we, I broke Zencaster with Turbo. <laughs> right. So it's your turn. Go ahead. Uh Bullocks. 
Oh, which is just a fun name to say. <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> bollocks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bullocks, not bollocks. I know. Bullocks. I know. I, I know. Which is it's bull and ox put together. And he is a reference. And it's one that we know. Yes, he is a reference. He is a reference to the Defender Torozord. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I yep. can see it. And he's he was in the two-parter where Itaizon is introduced as a monster of the week and was, again, one of the few monsters. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he actually has a personality and does yeah. things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are you doing? Operation Overdrive? It's like... You're an actual Power Rangers show suddenly. <laughs> Congratulations. You've, you're a real Power Rangers show now. <laughs> can I can I use the can I use the not infinity gauntlet to make this a good Power Ranger show? Sure. Or is so- that beyond the pale of even the Corona Aurora? I think, well, that actually salvaging this show may actually be beyond the pale of the Corona Aurora. Anyway, so those are our monsters of the week. And I believe, Nathan, finally, it is time. It is time (laughs) to get to our, 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 our favorite, maybe not this time, but our favorite. No, not for you, apparently. <laughs> our, our favorite part of the discussion, our patented or patent pending, however you want to say it, our. Let's say patented because we finished it. The trademark, the cornerstone of this podcast. And that is the thematic discussion. Yes, indeed. But you've been dreading it. <laughs> because you you wanted it to be anything but this i i was searching high and low for anything anything to talk about (laughs) other than what we finally landed on (laughs) so i'm not i'm just gonna rip the band-aid off the theme of operation overdrive is why the is operation overdrive so terrible (laughs) Dragon Float. <laughs> Dragon Sword's still here, man. You don't have to keep bothering him. Oh, yeah. Every time I, he hears that flute when you uh, when you start cussing, he's like, Ring. "What do you want?" <laughs> but okay, so in all seriousness, the real the real theme that we came up with for Operation Overdrive is the importance of relationships, aka the power of friendship. My <laughs> God, why did you have to? <laughs> it's more than it had to be said. It's more, it's more than just the power of f-ing friendship. It is, the, it is the importance of relationships. I know, but a big component of that is friendship. Cause all the rangers are friends and Norg wants friends. <laughs> and it's exploring the relationship, relationship between Mac and his father, the relationship that is established between Mac and Spencer, the relationship between Moltor and McFlurious, <laughs> the, the relationship between, uh, 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 uh Miralax and Pandor. <laughs> Birdie fat. <laughs> The relationship between the relationship between Miratrix, Miratrix and Camdor, that that teacher that mentor student relationship, uh, the relationship. I don't know. Is there really a relationship between all the fear cats except for they're all nuts? Um, 
<laughs> well, they seem to be friendly. They seem to be. Tyson has a fiance that got a f- totally Kruger's wife. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of. And then, rel- and then Krazar tries to use that relationship against him. There's a lot of relationships being explored in this season. Which is odd because we would have thought that with something that seems so adventure focused that that would have been the case. But apparently not. Yeah, we were. Um, I don't I think we, we did. We toy, we toyed around with like the, the call to adventure. The um, so, yeah, we toyed around with all kinds of different themes. Anything but the power of friendship. I, <laughs> I told you I, I, I explicitly told you, Nathan, find anything you can outside as long as it's not the power of friendship and i couldn't (laughs) sorry (laughs) i guess i mean okay fine if we have to talk (laughs) you know if we have to talk about something as cliche as the power of friendship hey you've seen the memes <laughs> the power of friendship is greater than a villain training 500 years to do something <laughs> at least at least we can just get it over with 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 operation overdrive <laughs> to and be it, fair we probably could have done this at any other point because no, team we building is a no big we deal. couldn't have no we couldn't have because all the other power rangers all the other power ranger seasons has way more substance than the power of friendship yeah which is kind of ironic because this show has quite possibly the worst team dynamics out of all of them yeah it's like they don't even like each other uh, <laughs> it's so funny but i'm like but it keeps wanting to talk about relationships <laughs> so it, it's kind of it, i mean it's it's not unlike our turbo thematic discussion where it's a little bit well, that one was more meta, but it's also a little ironic at the same time. And there's mm-hmm. a level of irony here as well, yeah. where it's about, yeah, the power of friendship, the importance of relationships, but this team, <laughs> their their chemistry, this team's chemistry is kind of terrible. Well, it does. Well, it shows that it, it shows that, you know, friendship and relationships are important because this team, because they're, because their chemistry is a little bit off because, you know, when you, when you have, when you have chemistry, when you have a team of people that really click with one another, uh, you see this, you, you see this and you see this in a lot of ways, like not just like service and duty with Lightspeed Rescue or anything like that, but just everyday life. Like you go to your job, you go to your job and you work in an office or you work at a fast food place or you work whatever you do for work, whatever you do. It is incredibly important to have good relationships and good rapport with the people you work with. Mm-hmm. But the relationships between it just feels so forced. So mm-hmm. for, it just feels so forced. I, I mean, guys. we talked about in SPD about how Jack had better people skills than Sky, but Sky had arguably more credentials to right. be like, the, on the papers, team leader. On 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 paper, Sky was the most qualified. Yeah. But he needed that little extra component to his personality to be mm-hmm. to to fully be become the Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. And to go back to what you were talking about earlier about having good, I guess you could say, work relationships. I think we can all agree we have worked jobs where we kind of hated the job, but we liked the people that we worked with. Oh, they yeah, made absolutely. it worthwhile. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember, I remember, um, whenever I was, uh, before, before I think it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was while I was in, it was while I was in school. Uh, I was a pharmacy technician, which basically I just counted the pills. I just counted the pills and filled the bottles all day, essentially. Um, I thought it was the most mind numbing job, but what made that job worth it to me was the people that I got to interact with and people that I got to build relationship with. That's what made it worth it to me to get up every day and go, uh, to basically go be a legal drug dealer and count pills all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, this is not something I talk about very often, but I did spend, and by spend, I mean waste, a lot of years of my life working at a restaurant. Hated that job. Oh, you worked at Applebee's, didn't you? No. Shoney's? No. A Ruby Tuesday's? No. Uh Oh, no, no, I know which one it is. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Yeah. I worked, worked at a pizza, pizza hut. Right. I hated that job so yeah. much. I was a delivery driver. I hated that job. Yeah, my yeah. friends were always teasing me because my car would smell like a Supreme pizza. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. And I mean, you know, <laughs> there's worse things it could smell like, but anyway, go uh, ahead. Pr- probably. But what made it worthwhile was I got to work with some really cool people. And when the cool people weren't working there anymore, I went back to kind of hating the job, but yeah. it was just one of those things. You, start bonding with people, especially if you bond with people who are like, yeah, I hate this job too. And so then we're like, let's talk about how much we hate this job and bond over how much we hate this job. And then we're going to do silly things like invent a, dra- a a restaurant that is run by Dragon Ball Z characters because we have nothing better to do with our time <laughs> while we're <Right>. working. <laughs> yeah. And this, and I'm going to, and, and honestly, I didn't really have a whole lot of notes for the thematic discussion. So this is going to be a little bit more off the cuff than it typically is, I think. Yeah. Um, so just to give a little bit of peek behind the curtain, I didn't to kind of bring it into family and to kind of speak to the strained relationship between Moltor and Flurius. I didn't have the, I, I, for, for, I have, there's a few family members that for a number of years, I did not have a good relationship with name specifically my sister. I did not have a good relationship with my sister and the details are unimportant, but there was, you know, there were, there were a few years that, uh, that my sister and I did not speak and it was over some, it was over, it was over something really petty. I think in, in retrospect, it was over something very petty and, you know, we've since repaired that relationship. We, we, we've since, we've since kind of, you know, buried the hatchet, so to speak, not in each other. Um, but, you know, our relationship is I'm waiting for one to hit my back eventually, but well, you, you're, it's, it's coming, believe me. Um, (laughs) but our relationship was very strained for a number of years. I would say for a good, I don't know, like two or three years, we didn't speak at all. Like we didn't, we didn't speak at all. And, And really what, and this is the, the tragic part of it. What really, what brought mine and my sister back together, you know, or back, back on speaking terms because my mom got sick. My, it was around mm. the time my mom got breast cancer and, you know, we had to talk to each other. We kind of, at that point we had to talk to each other. And I remember having this conversation with her, uh, in the hospital, we were standing in the hallway. I was, uh, we had just got some really, we just got some really stressing news, uh, about mom and we were standing in the hallway and we were just, you know what? We decided just to, 
just hash out everything right there in that, in that hospital hallway. We hashed out everything like three years worth of animosity and three years worth of grudges and three years worth of just, I won't say like, I'm going to say assumptions because we did make a lot of assumptions about one another Mm -hmm. that weren't necessarily true, you know, based on hearsay and family drama and stuff like that. You know, we buried all of that, uh, in that hospital hallway. And that was, that was tough. That was a tough three years because, you know, the animosity between my sister and I, um, it caused, or it caused problems because my sister didn't want to come to holiday events and I vice versa because we were both going to be there. And it caused stress with my mother because my mom wanted, she just wanted her kids to get along, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just like that relate, like repairing those types of relationships are important. Like maintaining those family relationships, are important because it's your family, you know, mm-hmm. outside of outside of some really terrible things, I would say like thievery or, you know, doing like physical, mental and, and psychological harm to, to someone, most family, dis- most family disputes can be worked out. Mm-hmm. I would say so. And it's interesting how a lot of relationships get formed and sometimes in the worst of circumstances, I mean, you and I have been bonding over t- uh, trashing Operation Overdrive. I mean, let's be honest. You know, <laughs> we needed e- we needed each other's friendship to get through this. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, well, it's kind of like it's it's what we talked about too. It's when I think we talked about it with Lightspeed Rescue, we talked about it with SPD, like service, like members, like people who engage in who engage in uh, civil service, they're bonded mm-hmm. through circumstances. Uh, People who in, people in the military, they're they're bonded by civil service or service and duty to their country. You know, you can you can bond with people through a circumstance. Like mm-hmm. it's why the it's why the trope of uh, a bunch of strangers coming together to you know with a common goal or a common problem can become friends by the time the movie or television show is over. Yeah. Like that's why that trope is so effective. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis because that's what I do around here. But Lewis had a book called The Four Loves, which I highly recommend everyone read. And his chapter on friendship was actually really interesting. He actually said that in the ancient world, friendship, believe it or not, was actually viewed as the highest form of love Mm -hmm. because... He said it was a love that was chosen. It was not obligated in any way. Romantic love has obligations, but friendship, there's no, you know, technically, there's no at least immediate, say, biological benefit or whatever to friendship. He said friendship was literally formed, and I love this line. He said friendship was literally formed when one person says to the other, oh, really? You thought that too? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> well, it's why um, it's why people in it's why people in these very niche fandoms like Power Rangers, Super mm-hmm. Sentai, Godzilla, because we're a part of the kaiju fandom, you know, mm-hmm. just in went retro- to G-Fest. So I got to meet lots of cool friends. Right. It's it's why people it's it's why people in these very niche fandoms become very close friends, like they mm-hmm. become very tight with each other. Because a lot of times, and I've, I've spoken about this on other podcasts, not Ranger related podcasts, but like Kaiju and Tokusatsu related podcasts where, you know, growing up, I was the only person 
it felt, at least it felt this way. I was the only person in my town that liked Kaiju or Godzilla or Power Rangers. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, that's especially as I got older and people and my friends who also liked Power Rangers started to kind of put that stuff away because it was silly. It was, it was childish, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you found that meme that says, you know, when people tell me that uh, that only kids can watch should watch Power Rangers or whatever, and it's Christopher Cavenly flipping people off, right? Uh, but <laughs> in his Andros costume, I might in his Andros, yeah, in his Andros costume. But but yeah, it's it's why people in these very niche fandoms seem to have such tight such tight bonds with one another because we all, to some degree, come from a background of um be of feeling like the only one or feeling Isolation. like isolation that that feeling of isolation yeah and we want to we want to connect with people we want to we want to engage in relationship with people that think and enjoy and interact with things in in the way we do yeah because it validates our experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and friendship is chosen that's the other thing family familial relationships there's a level of obligation there there is yeah yeah. Yeah. That's why people like to say that friends is, uh, friends are the family you choose mm-hmm. is you don't have to be friends with people. No, you don't, but it's very beneficial psychologically. Oh yeah. Very beneficial. But the, we feel like we have more control over who our friends are as opposed to the family that we're born with. If you have a bad family, you're kind of stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Now some would are now some would argue that you may not be able, you may not, you may not choose your family, but you can choose to what degree or what level you interact with them. For sure. But you can't, you know, you can't change who your brothers and sisters are. Right. You can, yeah, that's, you cannot change who your biology is attached to. Mm -hmm. You can't. Or if you're adopted, you just, you can't change that. Yeah. You you can't. Yeah. You can't choose who adopts you. Right. Generally speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of nuance to that. There's there is a lot of nuance True. to that because there is a lot of nuance to that because if you get you get into situations where and I know I know of like real life situations like you know you have um uh for instance you have a a, a, a single mom who's dating a gentleman and well yeah that's the, a little different that's a little bit different and then the kids choose to be adopted or choose to want to be adopted. Yeah, by that, by I, that. I see what I, I understand what you mean there. Like there is but, a lot, there is there's a lot of nuance to that one, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, and it all goes back to the fact that, and just, it's not just friend, you know, friendship. I think all relationships are like this. As much as some people talking to you, you crazy introverts. <laughs> not all of you are like this, but I've run into a few kind of stuck up introverts, unfortunately, but. Uh, human beings are designed for community mm, and we yeah, need we each are. other. We yeah. don't always like to admit it, but we need each other in some form or another. <clears throat> and well, that's why that's, I was going to say, that's why like what we, what we all went through collectively in 2020. I know we, we dare not speak its name, but the COVID, <laughs> um, the COVID, the COVID, what we all went through in 2020 was, was extreme isolation. So we were like, we were, we were finding whatever way we could to engage in community and engage in relationship with people. Right. 
right? We were really, we were really desperate for that. And it all kind of goes back to the, in the ancient world when we, when humans were living very tribalistically, if you were outcast, if you were cast out from your tribe, that was basically a death sentence because without a community to keep you safe, you might literally die. You would literally die. Something was going to catch you and kill you. Right. There was safety in numbers. You could watch out for each other. And the, you know, the stronger members of the community can keep, uh, can keep everybody safe, mm-hmm. you know, but when you don't have that, you're you know, a sitting duck for predators, basically. The saber-toothed tiger is going to find you and eat you because and it, and if you know, because that's how predators hunt. They look for ones that are straggling away from the from the herd, and then they pick them off. Well, it's it's almost like uh, I don't want to get too preachy, but it's almost like what you and I believe. You and I subscribe to the Christian faith, right? Uh, it's like uh, well, you, I, you weren't very Christian today with you know summoning the dragon. I was sword, not but. very Christian today. <laughs> Thank you, Mister Marchand. I'll have to. Repent later, I guess. Um, but oh Lord, forgive me for my naughty Lord, mouth. Forgive me for all of my for all the things I said about Operation Overdrive. I still meant it, but I should not have phrased it in that way. Even um, though I did summon the Dragon Soul, which was very cool. But <laughs> well, it's like it's like if you don't have a strong if you don't have a strong community, you can rely on whether that be a faith community, whether that be just your friend, your friend, your circle of friends. There yeah. is, there, there, there is the, there is the chance that you could be influenced. You could have some outfl- outside influences come in and influence you in, in ways that are not healthy. That is, that yeah. is the, that is the, uh, that is the benefit of having a strong, healthy community of people you can, you can rely on mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can relate with. Mm-hmm. And then help you beat the dorkiest villains ever. And you'd help you beat the dorkiest. Yeah. And then help you beat the dorkiest yeah. villains ever. But you can also, but on the flip side of that too, you can also subscribe to, you can also start joining or subscribing to, or whatever. I don't know the word I'm looking for. You can also join communities and engage in relationships that are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take bringing it back to what we're talking about with operation overdrive. I think that, I, I kind of uh, I I kind of think the relationship between Camdor and and Miratrix is sort of an unhealthy relationship. Sort of. <laughs> well, it's a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. But, yeah. So is McFlurious and Heat Miser. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unhealth. Like to if you if you could sum if, uh, if well, you, and and Fleur- McFlurious just abuses poor Norg. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. It's like yeah. It's the you, yeah. There you go. The abuse. The abuse because. Like abusive relationships between McFlurious and or Freezer Romero. I don't know which one I like more, Freezer Romero or McFlurious. Uh, I, Freezer I, Romero is my personal favorite. Freezer Romero is is actually uh, is 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 really fun to say because yeah, it yeah, is. If you, if you if you if you know if you watch old Batman or if you've seen uh, Latitude Zero, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, quite. quite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also the Rangers have a very unhealthy relationship with explosions. Well, that's Kalish's damn fault. <laughs> Actually, people say it's his fault, but it isn't really. Man. It was the special effects guys. 
They they just put it on him. But anyway. (laughs) And apparently the creators had a bad relationship with the fans because they were not happy. (laughs) Oh, boy. I... (sighs) Like it sounds as from from the quote that you have that you're yet to read from Jackie Marchand uh, to like sounds like she did not have a good relationship with this show. (laughs) No, (laughs) she did not. I imagine Uh, that you want me to read that now or save it for the awards. I don't know if you want to save it for the awards or if you even want to make that your final thoughts. I don't know. Uh, Uh, I might save that for the final thoughts because it kind of (laughs) summarizes her comments about once a ranger just summarizes the entire show a little. Yeah. But to try to land this, to try to land this, this friendship plane, I I guess, (laughs) um, I'm just going to embrace it now. (laughs) Embrace the madness. I'm just just embracing the madness. Because the power of friendship will let you do anything. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. You can defeat Thrax. (laughs) You can can defeat Thrax. You can... uh, You can find... You can find buried treasure. And then you can become a real boy. Like, the power (laughs) of friendship is... The power of friendship knows no bounds. <laughs> I, I mean, you watch enough anime, you know that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Friendship it's so is true. magic. Oh boy! <laughs> but in all seriousness, do you have any? Do you have any more final thoughts on the on the thematics for this season, Nathan? No, I think we've covered all the major highlights. Yeah. We get positive and negative examples of this. We thought it was going to be about adventure but hey adventure is more fun with friends right uh you know friendship like friendship is an adventure for sure i mean i had way more fun going to g-fest last week by dragging my brother along in the car so don't don't, why do you keep bringing up g-fest you know you know you know (laughs) i could you know i wasn't able to go and the more you talk about the sadder i get (laughs) You're not being a very good friend. I was going to say, I'm not being a very good friend now, am I? I am a terrible co-host. You're you're not being very empathetic to my FOMO. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The relationship between co-hosts is very important, too. It is. In podcasts. And and honestly, we've we've been told that we apparently have a good, we seemingly good relationship. You just don't know what goes on behind the scenes. (laughs) Oh, the things that we cut. Uh, but yes, I am. I okay. So here you go. Here's some. Here's a. I you know I hate things that are saccharine and, and overly sweet. But Nathan, I'm glad you're my friend, and I'm Aww. glad that we're taking this journey together. Aw, thanks. I I needed you to get through Turbo and this. You might, need but our friendship is really going to be tested when we get yeah, to Megaforce. Yeah, I was going to say, our friendship is definitely going to be tested with Megaforce. I don't know. Actually, no. That'll be our own personal medal. I think we're going to be tested when we get to your favorite movie. Oh, well, I don't know. That, that actually, I, I love Jack. I, I think Jack's a wonderful human, but maybe mine and his friendship will be tested on that episode. I don't know. We may not speak. We, we never, we, there's, there's a high likelihood that we may never speak to one another ever again after recording with that uh, recording on, on the 2017 movie. And I'm going to relish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't want this. I don't want this theme. I don't want the, this ladder discussion to get too off the rails. So Nathan, we got some awards to give. Yes, we do. (laughs) 
I can't find it's like this is so weird giving awards to this season of all things. Well, oh, but like, I got through it on turbo. I can do it again it's, here. Look, it's the shtick that we signed up for. It's the shtick that we signed up for by stealing it. <laughs> by borrowing <laughs> by borrowing it from one of our friends and oh. then perf- and then making it better, perfecting it. But I'm one of those friends. Is it okay to steal from friends? Can a friend steal from himself? I'm getting deeply philosophical. Let's move on. (laughs) You know, you try that joke every time and it never works. And I'm still going to do it. (laughs) I know. Friendship is is putting up with all of your friends uh, quirks and idiosyncrasies. Yeah, like you and your ego. Ego Ranger. So the first award <laughs> is uh, the Power Range of Motion, which is what we give to the best stunt or fight scene. So, Nathan, what is your award? I gave it to Mac and Tizon versus the Lava Lizards in episode 12. So it's still Predator, Tizon, and it's unmorphed Mac. There's some great effects and choreography that actually move some of the story along, which is always a great benefit to this. And I'm giving it to this and, and I'm giving it to this and not to anything involving explosions on principle. Well, I actually, I actually had runners up and oh, actual awards for, for each. Oh, I actually had some runner. I had runners up for every award. So, oh, did you? Yes. So do, let me ask you, do you want the runner up or do you want the or do you want the award first? I'll let you decide. OK, so I'm going to give you the runner up. So my runner up, my runner up is going to be the crossover battle where our overdrive rangers are getting their asses handed to them by the Alliance of Evil. You sadist. I know I'm a nihilist son of a bleep. Uh, <laughs> son of a dragon sword. <laughs> I am a nihilist SOB for sure, but I don't know. It's like, I'm not, I, I, I did not purposely try to avoid giving the award to any of the cow explosions. Cause honestly, I don't care. Like it's the, it's the, you know, it's, it's at least a bright spot of this season. All the, all the fun pyrotechnics, you know, I don't have a problem with it. It's a lot. It wears on you after a while, but, you know, there were some cool moments in that in that in that battle between uh, the Alliance of Evil and our <laughs> Overdrive Rangers. Okay, crossover battles are a little hard to top. They so. are. They are. So, for my actual Power Range of Motion award, I'm going to give it to Norg versus the what? Chillers. Are you what from the last Nor- episode? Norg versus the Chillers. Yes. That was a kitty. No, no, no. That was, you know, that was a kitty. Yes, that is, that is, that is Bub. (laughs) That is Bub. He he agrees that it is Norg versus the Chillers is what's getting my Power Range of Motion award. All right. So the next award is the Ultra SFX Zord Award. You said it right. I did. And this is the award that we give to the best special effect. And again, not going to any explosions on principle. (laughs) But we have are, the same but, one, I see. But the Cal explosions, the Cal explosions are used so much. Are they really all that special? 
can. That is very true. That's why we're giving it to the Battle Fleet Megazord because it just looks dang cool, especially when the smaller Zords are whoa, whoa, riding whoa, whoa, on whoa, it. Whoa, 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 Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. That was not my that was my runner up award. That was Oh, sorry. Actual. Sorry. I misread I misread the notes. That was my that is okay. yeah the the Battlefleet Megazord is awesome. I'll let you finish your thought and then I'll Yeah. I'll, I'll well, we're as we've established we're suckers for seeing smaller zords ride on top of small of bigger zords. And this is an aircraft carrier which gave me some flashbacks to Godzilla versus Kong when they're standing on top of the aircraft carrier and if you think this looks absurd, we can't be friends anymore. To go back to the power of friendship. <laughs> if you can't appreciate tidier robots <laughs> Riding an aircraft carrier on wheels. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Battlefleet Megazord, that is, that is my runner up. I really like that Zord. It is epic. It is so epic. I, and, and I'm like, you. I, I think it's really fun when you see other, when you see Zords riding atop other Zords because it, I mean, we, this one kind of, this one kind of ruined it in a way because a lot of, uh, a lot of times I'll say I like it because it gives a really good sense of scale, but they kind of broke, <laughs> they kind of, bro they kind of broke that scale uh, a couple of times uh, in the show. So, you know, that's maybe one, that's one, maybe one black mark on it, I guess. Uh, but it is pretty epic. And I do like the Battlefleet Megazord. I like all of it, but I think this is the first time I'm going to give an award to a suit. Oh, I mean, I there think, were some really nice ones. I mean, those Sentai suits, despite how so. dumb the characters are at points, no, I think, the suits are nice. No, I think so. I think so. I think this is the first time I'm giving an award to to an actual just suit. And yes, the the Ranger suits. We didn't talk a lot about the Ranger suits. The Ranger honestly. suits are cool. I like the them. Rangers, I like them a lot. Yeah, I like them a lot. And, it's and just really, too bad they're in a terrible season. Right. And they are kind of award worthy. I agree. Mm -hmm. But for my Ultra SFX Zord Award uh, for the Mercury best. Mercury Ranger? Is it the Mercury Ranger? No, it's actually not the Mercury Ranger. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not the Mercury Ranger. Okay. Uh, Moltor? No, not Moltor. Oh, okay, not Moltor. Uh, 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 Birdie Fett? I mean, he looks pretty. He's pretty. He's the snazziest no, looking one. No, 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 no. Oh, really? No, no. I, no, it's not Birdie Fett. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Wait, one more guess. Um. <laughs> okay, maybe you'll want to subvert expectations a little bit. Uh, Flurries? Actually, no. Still, oh, really? No, McFlurious did not make the cut. That's not Freezer Romero. Okay. Not Freezer Romero. No. Oh. So for my award, I'm actually going to give it to the Norg suit. What? You heard Are you what sure I said. you're not drunk? You heard what I said. You heard what I said. I'm giving it to the Norg suit. You're on drugs. No, not since probably about 2009. That was a detail I'm not sure I knew or wanted to know. I, you're worried. I, I did talk. I did As your you, friend, I'm I very did, worried. I did tell you I I did smoke a lot of Potter in 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 high school. <laughs> yeah, I rolled up the the Harry Potter books and right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, the yeah. Norg suit. There you go. Yeah. As I said, as your friend, I'm a little worried. All right. So what's our next award? Our next award is the more phenomenal Mad Libs. And this is one of my favorites because we get to give this award to some of the best lines of the series. Yeah. And I actually kind of have a runner up for this. Kind of. Oh, okay. Kind of. It's <clears throat> we've, we've technically already talked about them, but I felt like 
I had to give it to easily the best character in the show, Spencer. Oh, okay. Our our wonderful little butler. <laughs> this was one line of his that I didn't bring up. It's from toward the end where the Rangers are talking about raiding Mustafar. I mean, the volcano where Voltor hangs out. And he says, if Vol he's telling him that they can't go because it's too dangerous, I guess. And he says, if volcanoes were, were habitable, someone would have turned one into a condo before now. Very, that's a very astute observation. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you got to tell people the obvious in order to get it through to them. And my runner up is basically anything he says because. Oh, that's kind of a cop yeah. out, but okay. Yeah, it is a cop out, but he had the best lines. Okay. Like everything he said was just gold. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give my runner up first. Okay. Okay. So my runner up is actually a conversation. Uh, is actually a line from the, uh, from the night of plot convenience. Um, <laughs> I know we ragged, I know we ragged on, I know we ragged on the Sentinel. Sir night. plot convenience. Sir plot convenience. Yes. <laughs> yes. Quite. Um, <laughs> I know we ragged on the Sentinel night, but he did give a pretty, pretty good line, a pretty powerful line, I think. Um, and it, it, it just says, as long as you keep fighting for what's right, you'll always have power. A friendship. You'll always have. That's not the line. No, no, no. That's, as long as you keep fighting for what's right, you'll always have power. Yeah, because that's from the crossover when they quit, and they're like, "We can't. We lost our powers. We can't be rangers anymore. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go look for things. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go look for Excelsior. I mean Excalibur. I mean Excelsior <laughs> because it's a sword that belonged to Stanley. Right. I guess. Maybe. Okay. I mean, that's a, you would have to admit though, that would, that's a pretty impactful line. It is. Yeah, it is. A, it's a pretty impactful. Yeah. Line. Which so goes back would... to something that we've talked about before it about is. how you don't have to have superpowers to be a superhero. Oh yeah. We talked best about moments for superheroes are when they have no powers, but they're still being heroes. Yeah. We, we talked about that. Hi, Kitty. In, we, we talked about that. In season that's your one. fear cat right there, it's right? Just... <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a little, he's a little poo head sometimes. Um, for my actual, uh, more phenomenal Mad Lib award, it's it's actually really interesting because it, 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 it well, I'm just gonna tell you, and you tell me if you know where this line comes from. It's a family name. It's short for no. Norg. I wish you could see my face right now. I think I'm detecting a pattern. <laughs> You're troubling me, aren't you? I am not trouble. I'm not troubling you. I'm I'm giving legitimate awards. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, you have to admit, Norg had some pretty, he had some winners. He had some winners. Uh, um, uh, if you're five, this looks like a great tree for butt scratching. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and, and if this episode doesn't kill me, I got one more. What? I got one more. I got one more. Excuse me. Uh, this is actually a conversation between Norg and uh, Flurius. Oh no. Uh, If you don't let me, I'll hold my breath. Floria says, good. Anything to shut you up. <laughs> I think that's you and me every day. <laughs> oh boy. So we have, we have, we have one, we have one more award left and this is arguably the, 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 so this is arguably produced some of the weirdest conversations uh, that we've had on the power trip. So Nathan, what is your, I, I, I can't believe that happened. That award that we give to the craziest moment of a particular series. And it's really depressing that we did not spend time talking about alpha. Oh, well now we can, cause I will admit I'm cheating a little bit. There were some insane moments that I definitely considered just singular moments throughout the season that I, that we could have had, but I'm not beating around the bush. Rentmaster activated. It's number four. We're actually Freaking five. Once a ranger. That entire two-parter. Good freaking lord. That should have been epic. That should have been a big deal. And instead. It's an unholy mess. Our friend Chris Cook said it best. It encapsulates in two episodes. What is wrong with the entire season? The show hates its own Rangers. It dotes on the Nostalgia Rangers. Even when it can't quite dote on the Nostalgia Rangers because apparently rights issues? Because every time one of the Nostalgia Rangers shows up or is shown in a fight doing something cool, they play that Ranger's theme song, mm -hmm. except Adam. We get no Go Go Power Rangers. We get and something that I, sounds kind of like it, but it's not Go Go Power Rangers. I wouldn't even say it sounds anything like it. Um, it wants to at least kind of sound like it. Right, but... Like, that is, the and they avoid playing the Operation Overdrive theme as much as possible. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind them playing the themes for the for the for the past Rangers. No, in fact, I've been upset in past crossovers like Wild Force and Time Force where they didn't do it. Well, I was. I, I will say this. Like comparatively, comparatively, so like between those themes. Mystic Force is still the weakest. No, no, <laughs> Operation Overdrive. The no, worst. I'm just saying, between between the past Rangers, between the past Rangers, Mystic Force is still, okay. Fine, I'll give you that. Yeah, Even Mystic the Force, newfangled music that they use for Adam is yeah, still right. Yeah, it, it's, not, still, it's still not the worst. It, right. It's probably only second worst with the Nostalgia Rangers. 
And we've all and we've talked a lot about Adam, the Mighty Morphin Black, coming back. So we but we actually had other Rangers from past seasons. It wasn't just all. Yeah, Mighty it's they had a representative from. It says it's supposed to be all the Disney seasons, so all I the, guess that Wild well, Force has got since yeah. it's got one foot and two eras, kind of. They yeah. don't want to. They want to claim that one. Oh well, but we get Kira from Dino Thunder. We get Bridge from SPD, who got promoted. That's yeah, a cool that, thing. Yeah, well, you and that, I, when we were watching it, we're like, Bridge, don't ever change. Right. It's so buttery. <laughs> it's so buttery. Uh, so he's a Red Ranger now because Sky got promoted. He's it, in charge. Well, okay. It it's like a Birdie retired. Kruger got promoted to you know head of the whole shebang. And then Sky got promoted to chief of their branch. And then Bridge got promoted to Red Ranger. <laughs> so good oh. for Bridge. Good, for good on Bridge. Good, for good bridge. on Bridge. We love we Bridge. Had, and then we and had, then we had uh, what was it, Tori? Oh, yeah, we had Tori. Tori from Ninja Storm. Mm -hmm. And then we had Nick from, oh, no, Xander. Excuse Xander. me. We had Xander. How dare, How dare you? Yeah, I know. I got to because it's Nick Sampson. Yeah. No, he was Chip. Never mind. I'm getting all the actors and characters mixed up. So we had Xander from Mystic Force. Right. So, then had, but then we, we get had, Adam because he's all the way from the start. And then we of. had and we had Alpha. We had Alpha come back. Yeah. Who's thank God not talking in Jive, but why is he in a crate? But why is I, he not on Miranoi? Why is he in a crate? But I think I think what I think was I think what the the reason why it deserves that III can't believe that happened award is because as we've talked about, like this crossover, specifically it's it's really obvious in the crossover. This series hates its core team. Yeah. I mean, we were having some fun with it. Like they go to Angel Grove, but Angel Grove is literally just a warehouse. I'm like, oh look, the one warehouse the one still warehouse standing. It's, it's kind of like when you know a tornado goes through a neighborhood and it trashes everything, but it leaves one house alone. It leaves that one. It leaves that one house that should not be there, but it is. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Or how you know, a tornado will tear down a house, but then it will set a carton of eggs down and not break a single egg. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, so it's the one warehouse. And like we were, like you and I were, when we were watching it together, we were able to have fun with it, like you said. But it's blaringly obvious. And I honestly, I'm so sorry, Chris. I did not believe you. I apologize profusely as yeah. the thunder is really coming in here. Well, that's appropriate. Uh, this is a Power Ranger show. Right. <laughs> Lightning. It is, it is storming outside really hard. I don't know if you listeners with attitude can hear that. I heard uh, it. So they probably did. But there's, there's also just, but there's also just so many things in this. Like, why are you being so weird? Because it hates on its own Rangers, but then it has Mac kill Vulturus unmorphed with his new toy and kind of makes the nostalgia rangers look like chumps but then for the rest of the episode the nostalgia rangers make the overdrive rangers look like chumps right so that's a little confusing and then it also throws in a plot a, a plot a, a plot hole which i kind of hinted at before when we were talking about sentinel knight because kira and bridge know who each other are I thought their memories were erased. They're not supposed to know anything. Right. Also, are we going to explain how the quote unquote past Rangers 
not a past ranger. At least they paid lip service to it because Bridge is like, well, I'm actually from the future, and then tries to explain everything in the most Bridge way possible because never, never change. change. Never, never change. change. We love you. <laughs> never change. Never change. And so I just, I was, just, so that's all kinds of confusing. It's just, that's, that's what this show does. It mucks up it, it timelines and in, creates plot holes. It just, it's, oh, good Lord. It really is kind of turbo all over again. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it throws it turbo plot it, hole. Oh again, on, again, oh. like I, like I talked about earlier, on paper, on paper, all of this sounds awesome, but in execution and the fact that they forget that they forget that they forget lore, or they don't forget lore, but they forget some plot. The, there's plot holes. There's there's missing themes that should have been in there, and I don't know why the Mighty Morphin theme was not there. I yeah, nobody was, knows. Because it was a rights issue, that's the speculation, but that doesn't make sense. But that any doesn't sense make sense. If Disney owned it, wouldn't they own everything? They would technically own everything, yes. Maybe they maybe they were just lazy and they were like, oh, we don't want to use it. I mean, what? Is Time Saban really going to charge you that much money to use the most iconic theme song? Right. It, it, really? Like, You're you Disney! Know, <laughs> you are this, richer than God! And, and, and the one time, the one time the show could have, the one time the show could have just played the overdrive theme was in the second half when the overdrive Rangers are at, they actually got their, their spines back. Um, yeah. And, and they play it when Tizon is doing his thing because Tizon doesn't have a re another, it doesn't have a nostalgia Ranger to pair up with. Right. But they, but yeah. So that, but they, but for the, but for both episodes, even in those fight scenes, they lean on those past theme songs, which in part one makes sense. In part two, it doesn't make sense. And it undermines the entire, it honestly, it undermines the Kumbaya. We're actually power Rangers and we can do this guys. Yeah. It because undermines again, all that. This show hates its team. <laughs> it does. It hates its team. It hates its team. And then they're playing the music. And I'm just like, all of these themes are so much better that's why i think they're oh this team's official name is retro rangers but we call them the nostalgia rangers because it's remember this it was better right so <laughs> remember these characters they were cooler than the ones you're watching now aren't they right um good lord and give me lothor and his dopey nieces <laughs> over you know, not, any not, of the not, villains in this not only does not only does this show seem to hate its rangers but it also feels like it hates its audience too. I know we're getting into our uh, into our final thoughts. So yeah, my I, I I can't believe that happened award was the wasted potential of Thrax. He does apparently come back in hyperforce. Ugh, god, spare me. Anyway, so Nathan, you know what time it is? It's morphin time. Go, go, and this is the part of the show where we, in 60 seconds or less, give our final thoughts on whatever season we're discussing in this particular episode. So, Nathan... 60 seconds can't get over fast enough. <laughs> Nathan, it's almost over, buddy. It's almost over. So let me pull up my handy-dandy I already watch. got mine. I've got mine here. Let me reset it. Okay, there we go. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Let's have you finish this episode. 
Okay, so you're going to go first. All right. Yes. Yes, All quite. Right. So, all right. Yes, quite. All right. Ready? Get set. Go. What the f*** is this? <laughs> I, I did not have the visceral reaction to this that I had with Turbo, but it disappointed me in worse than Turbo did. At least Turbo started bad and then tried to course correct. This one made promises and it didn't keep them. And it actually disappointed me even more, despite the less visceral reaction. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to give this season a chance. And like I said, I, I, I'm going into a lot of these seasons, these latter seasons with an open mind. And I did. I went into Operation Overdrive with an open mind. I promise you, listeners with attitude, I did. Uh, but between the between the overall the the overplot convenience the the plot holes the misuse of the story the misuse but the misuse of the potential that this season could be i don't like it and it's a waste of time time's up so nate finally we're here we made it we we're, survived it's done. We and survived. we're better friends for it we're better and we're better friends for it. We survived <laughs> Operation Overdrive, even though, you know, people warned us. Yes, people warned us. And we again, had friends who warned us. <laughs> we had friends who warned us. And again, let me just say this. I said this at the top of the show. I understand that this is just two guys opinions. And we were we were probably a little hard on Operation Overdrive. But objectively speaking comparatively compared to the rest of the shows that we've watched so far operation overdrive is is hands down the worst it's uh, definitely the turbo of the disney era it's definitely the turbo of the disney era and if you like operation overdrive that's great that's cool you so there's probably a lot of fans yeah uh, there's probably a lot we of fans wish that, we could be you but we, we wish we could be you and <laughs> you know given the fact that today is the 15th anniversary of the crossover that's crazy uh, the day of recording. Yeah, we just that, found that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, we literally just found that out while we were recording. So that's crazy. Like, there's a little bit of serendipity there. Um, like, I get it. Like, this is just not for us. And hopefully, you know, we'll we'll obviously be kinder to the next season because I'm really excited to talk about uh, Jungle Fury. Just so you know, apparently, not even Jackie Marchand <laughs> was a fan of this season. <laughs> And she had some opinions to say about Once a Ranger that I think applied to the entire season, which she said was difficult to make because they needed to balance all the action and the drama and the returning cast members and the Overdrive team. Didn't quite work. <laughs> you clearly love one over the other. <laughs> uh, and then they had... That apparently there were extra scenes that explained why the overdrive team was quitting so easily, but they couldn't get them in. No. Well, she said the version that aired, quote, didn't reflect well on the overdrive theme. You think? You think? <laughs> and made them look like a holes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, well. That's too Let good. that sink in. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Jackie Marchan, for... Wow. Okay. But there, we can only go up from here, right? I mean, Jungle Fury? I'm assuming so. People like Jungle Fury... People really like Jungle Fury. I've and heard some people say Jungle Fury is underestimated. 
Under, yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I under. That's, so I'm going to go into it again with an open mind, and I'm pretty excited to talk about Jungle Fury. Mm-hmm. So, and until next episode, listeners with attitude, may your friends be as loyal as good old Norg. And may your friends and family love you more than Operation Overdrive loves its rangers. And may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchant. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at The Power Trip Pod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.